Yes, sir. Time to crank up the big, the bottles, and the boom. Shakalakas, baby. I am the captain. We are the sports brew. And yes, sir, man, we are throwing down what we like to call a can-crushing Tuesday, baby. That's right. Now, Lord knows, we I thought we were going to start at an earlier time tonight. Uh, and when Shannon and I were talking pre-podcast, man, we were, we were tracking some of the games going on. And Duke was down, what, like 20-some points to Louisville. And we were like, ah, well, 23. We are like, ah, man, no reason to watch that game. Start getting everybody in, you know, Mark's on, on Skype, Randy's on Skype. Next thing you know, man, this game's getting crazy intense, crazy close, and Lord knows I will derive a great deal of satisfaction in that comeback, man. That was fantastic. Dude, storming back, brother, storming back on that one, and uh, we, had to, we had to stream that thing on a tablet, bro. That was good times, man, so I, I'm going to come out of the gate. I don't know if we got to go full salute o'clock, but, or as Randy might be like, oh, well, you got to stop blowing Duke, but... <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's got to play that sound bite. That, <laughs> I have to dig it up. I, I haven't saved it on anything. <laughs> All right. Ah. Well, I mean, I saved the sound bite, but it's not like I have it in Winamp yet. But I don't think I can go straight salute a clock out of the gate, but I can take a sip. Mm. Enjoying that. I don't know if I should call them the Louisville Falcons, <laughs> <laughs> the Atlanta Cardinal. I don't, I don't know where you want to go with that, but uh, I would like to dedicate. The, the intros tonight, uh, courtesy of Olive Garden, since we have Valentine's Day coming up, they have a bouquet of breadsticks. So I think, uh, I think it's, in this moment, I, I would like to believe that I can say that Duke really found a way to stick it to them. And, and, and you know who approves of that message is, of course, Rick Pitino. <laughs> <laughs> right, right in the bread basket. So, hey, give them their 15 seconds of fame, okay? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, old pump and dump. Anyway, here we go. All right, let's get everybody up in this piece. We already have ridiculous mist. Uh, that's what ha- we didn't get a chance to record last week, man. I had, a, I had a, we had a little run of the flu in the household and the stomach bugs and all that kind of junk. So uh, Sarah was down for the count, and then uh, Chloe was down for the count. Mercifully, it wasn't. You know, we we all got our flu shots, and we all do our juice plus and all that stuff. So uh, Logan and I escaped without anything too bad. We didn't end up with the flu, but Sarah and Chloe, man. They got hammered a little bit. Uh, I'm thankful it was relatively mild as the flu goes, but it still messes you up for a while. So uh, last week was a little bit uh, unpleasant. So did not get a chance to record. So we have to certainly do a Super Bowl rewind. But again, got to lead off. Got to lead off with that with that Duke deal, man. That was extra satisfying. Let's see. Let's go ahead and get everybody up in this piece. Let's see. Let's see. Who should we bring in first? Well, I guess we've already Shannon. You have you and I have already been chatting. So. Might as well get you up in this piece, man. Why not? Yo! What's up, Twitter Terminator? Brother, I got through GOT, baby. Oh, I'm so glad you managed to get all the way through uh, Game of Thrones, dude. What a phenomenal, phenomenal series. Oh, it's one of the best shows ever made. Bar none. It's number one on my list at this point. It's it's so good. It's so motherfucking good. Whoa! Look at you dropping f bombs. Hey, you and know, that's how look, good it is. Look, uh, we obviously just finishing up the Super Bowl. You have all these goat conversations: Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, and of course, Game of Goats. <laughs> You know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing. You know nothing. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we can actually talk about that with you now. That's great. 
So hopefully anybody that's listening to the brew, uh, I, th- I think we're well past any threats of like sp- a spoiler alert. I mean, we're coming up on the final season. If you haven't watched it yet, that's your own damn doing. <laughs> you need to get on that. Yeah, you if you listen to this podcast, you will get some spoiler alerts. Yes, so it, there you, there's your warning. There, there is your warning, but it's not like we're in the middle of a season, so you can't do that. Like the night, you know what I mean? That's dirty pool. The next, you can't do that to people the next day. You know? Oh no! But I mean, we're like a, we're like a year removed. If you haven't watched it by now, man, that that's that's I don't feel guilt. I don't feel any guilt in that one. You see, know what I'm saying? And, and see, here's the fun part here, like that I started now, mm-hmm. and I can sit here. I just finished season seven. I can be like, damn it. I got to wait two months until the finale. And then all of you GOT fans who have been there since the beginning are like, fuck you, motherfucker. I had to wait two years for this shit. Holy Shane is just like, he's all kinds of dropping bombs, dude. Good gracious. He's feisty. He is extra feisty. He's clearly been hanging. You know, they have hanging with Mr. Cooper, but I think Shane has been hanging with Mr. Irsay. Oh, <laughs> Finally, he shared the good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, finally, he shared that. By the way, by the way, random side note. I don't know if I can find it real quick because I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I might just have to dig around. I've got too many windows. This is what happens, man. Oh, no, I found it for you since we had Game of Goats. Let's just drop this on you. Oh, you know, actually, it's messed up. We're going to have this long conversation. We don't even have Randy and, like, Mark in here yet. Uh, Randy, I'm going to give you something a little different tonight. Like a man. Little Pantera, bro. Yeah, yo. Like mm. Because with your uh, championship, your college football championship picks, and your NFL Super Bowl picks, look at you, you're taking it to a whole nother level, bro. It would seem so. Roll Tide. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Considering the fact that, hey, look, the, it held true. Yeah. That damn thing is still holding true to this day. I cannot That's, believe it. That really is an amazing, weird statistic. How many times has it happened? Oh, yeah, quite a few times actually. Yeah, at least six times, I think. Six? Wow. I don't think. Holy it's, cow, dude! I don't think it's that. Michael number. Jordan thinks that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a true story. But uh, that's so. You know, Alabama loses, New England wins. That's so strange. So we'd we'd have to look how many times this happened, but it's like one of those like really random things that happens in the sports world that doesn't really, on the surface, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just like this really random kind of anomaly. You know, it's just I don't know, fascinating. But anyway, fun stuff. Thanks, Clemson. Yeah, thanks a lot, Clemson. Going Clemson again. <laughs> Actually, that was the sixth time. Huh, Randy. Well, because the Patriots. One in 2014, Ohio State beat Bama. Mm-hmm. Bama won in 2015. Broncos won the Super Bowl. Clemson wins 2016. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Bama won 2017. Eagles won. And then Clemson wins 2018. Patriots win. And then, wow. just but, man, Time after time, dude. Who knew? Who knew? I knew this song would come in handy for something and not just a Whitfield <laughs> intro. I knew it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, come on. I thought that was his special song. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, Whitfield is rather special. We love you. <laughs> we love you, dude. <laughs> uh, sometimes. Most of the time. 
<laughs> anyway. <laughs> that about sums it up that about sums it up anyway let's go and get mark in here man let's do it let's do it let's do it you ready to hit hit this thing man yes sir all right three brewing fun brother Woo! woo woo now mark woo mark how, how satisfying, a couple of things, man, a couple of things. How satisfying was it for Duke to roll up? I'm sorry, Randy, we're back to blowing Duke. How satisfying was it to see Duke roll into Charlottesville? Man, you got LeBron, you got Rondo in attendance, and to just, they were just raining triples, dude. That was fantastic. Fun game, and uh, just to see them handle UVA in their own house. And then I didn't, obviously, we were joking around pre-podcast, man, like, I was like, whatever, man. Take the loss. They're a young team. You know, sometimes that's going to happen. And then the storm back? Dude. Woo. Yeah. I watched that game front to back. And, I mean, that was – I mean, this is a rare year where, I mean, really three-point shooting is not Duke's main forte for this this year. But, I mean, they were just just crushing it. I mean, everybody was. And, I mean, UVA certainly didn't play a bad game. No, they did not. Uh, But every every time they'd cut it down, I feel like – handful of times first and second half uva got it within like six mm-hmm. that was as close as duke would let him get it then they, they pull it back out to 10 11 and uva just could not cut it closer um i was certainly getting nervous a couple times i mean uva was definitely pushing hard i mean duke dominated the first half uva obviously had a great close out to that first half to cut it to, i think it was a six point game at halftime and really it could have easily been you know 12 13 14 points uh for duke's favor but i mean uva just i mean it's just all oh, they they had to bust their ass just to get within six um, yeah, so yeah felt, that, that was a great performance by Duke. Again, UVA did not play a bad game. No, they did not. It, it, it really felt like they they kept getting to that spot where they needed one stop or one shot. You know what I mean? To bridge that final little gap and to cut yeah. it from like six to four or five to three, and they just couldn't get that like last one more little bit that they needed. But I I think it's a credit to them that when Duke was kind of running away with it early, that they you know what I mean? They held for them. They didn't fold. I mean that, that's a good team. You know you and oh. I I think. If, correct me if I'm wrong, but they only have two losses this year, both to Duke, and there's no yes. crime. There's no crime in losing to Duke at Duke, you right. know. And the way Duke was shooting the threes in that game, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, UVA scored 71. That's arguably for them a pretty good game, you know. It is. So they, they give up less than 70, and then that's yeah. You know, you lose to Duke twice with this team when you've got the top three players in this class and arguably the top two draft picks coming up in the NBA draft. Might be. No, no, it will be. <laughs> now, RJ Barrett's the truth, dude. I mean, Zion should go number one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but RJ, he's right there. I mean, he's really good. Somebody was saying that, you know, essentially with that Duke UVA game that you were looking at, you know, five six seven nba level players on on, just on the court in between both teams i mean i love acc basketball and i know we're we're shifting from football season we'll get to basketball you know i grew up on acc basketball i love it uh and i I just that that's such a good conference i don't and i'm a and i'm a i'm a duke fan so i'm biased i readily admit that sorry randy i'm a duke fan so i'm biased i readily admit it i try not to like over gloss them but this year is is going to be a fun follow 
whatever, however it plays out, however it plays out, whatever it ha- you know happens. I mean, who knows? Uh, once you get to the you know big brackets, all, there's a reason they call it March Madness. So you never really know. But the, the ceiling for that team, it's fun to think about what they can be. And when you see like stuff like um, in the UVA game in particular. I don't remember what what time it happened, but DeAndre Hunter was taking the three, and I mean was, that dude was so wide open, man. And uh, I, I think I said in, in pre podcast it was like the only wind up I've seen slower for anything is Byron Leftwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and you know Zion just closed this monstrous amount of space and just scot up in the air and blocked the ever living shit out of that ball. I mean it was absolutely freaking that was a that was a video game block that wasn't even a normal you know what i mean that wasn't even a normal real life you know you have no expectation that that's gonna happen you said balls. damn right i did that was you a, know what that though was, if was, you've had byron Leftwich on this episode of the sports <laughs> brew just that. drink the entire yeah. bottle of liquor you have in your hand at this moment why not <laughs> well, i didn't I mean, mean to play that one but seriously <laughs> yeah. or, or go go lay bets on the aaf at this point the AAF, the Alliance, dude. Somebody was like the AAF. <laughs> like, come on, man. The struggle is real. <clears throat> but anyway, um, yeah. Look, man, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Side note, uh, I like how UVA students keep hitting the half court shots for cash. What do they have? Like four in a row, or something crazy? There's, there's oh, that's so, ridiculous. That I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, their students have hit like, uh, and I don't know if it's exclusively ESPN games, but they, when they've done the promotion. They've made those students have done have done it four four in a row four consecutive where they've hit a half half court shot to win fifteen grand a semester paid whatever the hell it is they do, which is bananas. So That's kudos, crazy. Yeah, UVA is probably going to outlaw that soon. <laughs> Maybe. Well, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good promotion. Good promotion for I think the I want to say it's it's State Farm that sponsors it, but uh, that's kind of fun. It's not really super important, but it's still kind of fun. But look, man, uh, Duke was thirteen to twenty one from behind the arc, and it, you know that that team it's going to be tough sledding to beat them if they're raining down triples like that. Um, I do want to thank UVA. Uh, number one, my news feed was quiet. I got a lot of friends that are Who's fans. Obviously, my wife's from Charlottesville. But my news feed was very quiet on the UVA front, which was great. But then they followed that up by going down to UNC and sticking UNC 69-61. to 61. And that's like a double win for me because UVA won and UNC lost. Yes. I extra love that. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's, Same here. That's extra sweet, man. That's kind of like, you know, for you, I know you, uh, I know Shannon, you took it in the chin clearly with UK. What was it? A, what was it? A, a buzzer beater at the end? Is that what it was? Yeah. LSU yeah. got a tip in at the buzzer at, at Rupp Arena, which is did, ridiculous. Did they go Valentine's Day just the tip? They went to tip. Oh, my gosh. Just the tip, man. <laughs> Those cunts. Oh, my Lord. Stop. <laughs> Oh man! But anyway, uh, so there has to be. I've been watching Game of Thrones. Bro. I know, it's, I know. It's, it's in the vernacular. It is. There are a lot of things in the vernacular of Game of Thrones, man. A lot. But anywho, random side. A of, lot of ale. A lot of what? A lot of ale. <laughs> yes, a lot of ale. We we know all <laughs> about that. I don't know. You got any other kind of like college basketball esque thoughts? Anybody? We no no we. At this point, no. I mean, Tennessee's been ranked number one, but I think overall I believe Duke's been the most impressive team this season. <clears throat> Kentucky's gotten a lot better. Tonight they lost a – you know, they led by eight at the half, and mm-hmm. 
So you kind of give that up a little bit at home. So that's, that, that's going to be a learning experience. They get Tennessee at home this weekend, which will be fun. Uh, ESPN game day will be there on Saturday for, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee. It'll be a top five matchup. But at this point, is it going to be like everybody, the field versus Duke? Well, that's, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Is it the field versus Duke at this point with the, the three freshmen that are just so good? The go. top two picks well, in the draft. Blow Sorry. Duke. I might as well just go to bed. <laughs> that's all you guys can do is blow Duke. I might as well just go to bed. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I can bring joy to you guys with that. Yeah, you can. You can. That's that's great. I love that stuff. But that was so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Randy <laughs> uh, no I, 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 that's gonna be yeah I mean I think that you're gonna hear a lot of questions you know when people talk about uh, betting stuff you know was it Duke or the field you know what I mean it, they're gonna be that kind of a team where people want to people are gonna be fascinated about what they can accomplish and they're also gonna root for them to fail and for it to blow up in their face you know what I mean uh, and when teams are that good and their ceiling is that high that's really what you see plus it's Duke and I'm a fan, but a lot of people don't like them and hate them, and, and I get that. I mean, that's part of what makes sports interesting. Same thing's true. I mean, obviously, we, you know, we'll do a Super Bowl rewind, but you know, the Patriots are like that. Where, you know, there are a lot of people that passionately love them and support them, uh, and then there's a lot of people that just, that just absolutely hate them, and part of that is because they've been good. I mean, it was like you know, the, the, when the Yankees were the evil empire. Um, I mean, that's just how sports go. Right, that's just what happens. You have you have teams and organizations that are highly successful, and it, it, you know early on you root for them. It's like Golden State, you know what I mean. We loved that arc up, and for them climbing out and and winning that first ring, and they were easy to root for. Well, they've been good enough for long enough at this point. If you're a fan of them, you're very happy. But if you're tired of them or you want them to go away, you know you're like, please, KD, just leave them, would you? You know, go ahead and we want somebody to knock them out. I mean, that, that that's just that's just part of the sports world. It, you can respect greatness, you can appreciate greatness, and then you can also root against it. And having that, you know, having that love-hate kind of thing is part of what makes all of this so satisfying. So I'm very curious to see how the season plays out. But, uh, I, I, again, I'm happy for UVA. I'm, I'm, a, I'm happy they lost to Duke. Ha ha. Um, but my wife, we were actually getting the kids to bed. We were doing, we were on the DVR, uh, watching that we were behind and her parents, of course, they still live in Charlottesville. And so we were FaceTime. They wanted to do a FaceTime call with the kids. And I'm like, Oh my God, don't tell me about the game. Don't tell me about the game. <laughs> Cause we were like, we were like 30 minutes behind and the game wasn't over yet. Right. But I knew that they were late in the game. And I'm like, don't say, don't say, don't tell, don't tell. So Sarah's like, we're not live in the game. Don't say anything. But I can hear the audio of the game in the background during this FaceTime call. I'm like, ah. So I had to stick my fingers in my ears. Uh, and so we ended up getting we ended up getting off the call. Got the kids to bed. So I had to pause the game a couple times. And then so I'm, I'm watching the game. And, like, I got to stay off Facebook. Because I, I got to stay off Facebook, social media. I got to stay off everything because I don't want it to get spoiled for me. I mean, that the Duke UVA with my friends list. And then just, you know, following sports in general. If I do anything, it's going to get ruined for me. So I'm watching it. Sarah comes down and sits down and she's like, oh. Because <laughs> it's really late in the game. I'm like, you joined in a wonder wonderful time. Duke's getting ready to finish this thing off. And she was like, oh, well, I'm so glad I uh, got to watch the game with you. Uh, go, go who's. 
and then she left, and I enjoyed the victory. So it was good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, anyway, I guess. All right, let's let's wrap college basketball there on on that front. Uh, <laughs> oh, Duke versus the field. It's going to be all over a whole bunch of stuff. But um, anywho, I, I was just going to say real real, real quick. Uh, yeah. Just that, that that I mean. It's not as though the rest of the country wasn't already on notice, but like after tonight, I mean, that's, oh my god, yeah, that just amplifies it that much more. Because again, let's 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 all remember that I mean, Louisville is—it's not like Duke, you know, almost got like embarrassingly embarrassingly beat by a no-name team. I mean, they they pulled off this comeback against a damn quality top-tier team. Um, that's that was scary. Scary. Blow good. Duke. I might as well just go to bed. Blow Duke. I might as well just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I did want to open uh, as we shift to a little bit of NBA chatter before we uh, get to the Super Bowl. I wanted to cover a lot of topics because I know Mark Mark is chomping at the bit to discuss Patriots Rams. I know we can't wait. Uh, to talk about that, but I wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> should we get a Mark no, um, no. soundbite at this point in time? No appreciation, no appreciation for that, man. No appreciation for the so many people bitching about the Super Bowl. So many people. <laughs> Golly, so many people bitching about that game. Uh, anyway, we'll we'll get we'll we'll get to that. But I did want to. Um, <laughs> Come out of the gate with, uh, you know, before we transition to the NBA stuff. Because I, I thought it was interesting. Obviously, you're a Lakers fan. Uh, and I thought it would, with how things broke down in between the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Rumors, Anthony Davis, what's try, you know, what they're trying to do, just how that kind of played out was fascinating to me. Because it really ultimately felt like a gigantic middle finger from the Pelicans to the Lakers, and which is fascinating in its own right. But it's like, how hard does that make it for the Pelicans going forward? Or you know, does that does that? I would think that adversely affect at least in the short term. People are going to be like, why do we want to deal with you? I don't know. I just feel like that's going to hurt their GM or hurt their reputation. I don't know how long that lasts. But that was a really fascinating thing to watch play out. Uh, in the moment. So I know you wanted Anthony Davis. We talked about it briefly before. Um, are you disappointed that didn't come to fruition given what the Lakers were trying to offer according to all the reports? And then quite frankly, the rest of the NBA landscape, maybe some trades you loved, maybe some trades you hated. Um, just kind of curious uh, as far as your spin on any of that other stuff. But I did want to lead the segment with this. <laughs> Before you answer, they drafted who? Who the fuck is this? This <laughs> cocksucker might not even have a fucking green card. Get the fuck out of here, you motherfucker! Who the fuck is this kid? It's still my favorite draft reaction I've ever seen. That was that was for Chris Porzingis, uh, who uh, you know I I love that move by the Mavericks. By the way, I love that move. Obviously doesn't do them a lot of good this year, but that's a that's a long term move. I love that move for them. Not sure how good that is for the Knicks, but they're selling out with. Uh, obviously, they've got some other things in their, you know, line of sight and their plan, their grandmaster plan, uh, which maybe one of these years will actually work out for them. But just a Laker take, Laker react, and then just general NBA trades. Something you love, something you hate. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I 
I think I say you give up pretty much anything you have to for Anthony Davis. I mean, the fact that they he's twenty five. Yeah, well, and 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 I still, I'll go ahead and say I, I still think they get him next year. I really do. Um, I know it's not not that this means everything, but I know his dad is very opposed to the idea of him going to Boston, and that's you know really the other main contender for him. It seem it would seem. Well, if he won't um, resign, why pay the price? Yeah. So, uh, it, it was a weird little circus. It was a weird. It was strange. <laughs> feeling like the. It was strange. They basically got trolled by the Pelicans, and, and that was odd to say the least. Yes, uh, but but you know, I I I I, did, I wasn't expecting this year to be the year that the Lakers you know go for it all. I mean, I felt no, like this was going to be the t- test it test the LeBron. You know, see if we can how far we can get with you know. Uh, LeBron and you know, yeah, again, and then, it's not like this LeBron and Team of Scrubs, um, but uh, no, they're but, young. But but see what yeah. they could do with with what they got. Um, so you know, I'm I'm excited to see next year. It, I I certainly feel like track number one is is go after Davis. Maybe it doesn't pan out, um, but I, I still think he's a Laker next year. But it was a weird little circus. I, I I'm still. I'm still not sure. I, I fully understand how, how why, why it went down the way it went down, but, but uh, I, as I, a I gigantic say, fu is, is why that went yeah, down the way it went true, down. True. Um, I, I didn't love the idea of, of, of four number ones. That that, that one's just pretty. That's pretty a lot. Tough. It's a, that's a lot. <clears throat> I, I felt like maybe two and and a bunch of our our top guys. Yeah, and I, I mean I don't love the idea of you know giving away Kuzma and. Yeah, I mean that, that's gonna suck, but it's Anthony freaking Davis. I know that you wouldn't be disappointed if Levar balls, you know. <sighs> See, I want to get in a ball, uh, Kuzma and two ones for Davis, but nothing more. Yeah, nothing more. Uh, Ingram, Ingram, I think is going to be a star in this league, and I would keep him. Mm-hmm. I'd like. To I think I, I really think he's going to develop. Um, Davis has a history of injuries. So I would keep Ingram just because of that. Look, as long as he doesn't have eyebrow strain, he's gonna be fine. Uh, true, I'm just, I'm just true, very true. Fear the brow, buddy. Fear the brow. Well, let me remember. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if y'all heard in the recent interview, but you know, as, as Lavar says, I mean, Lonzo is better than than LeBron. So you know. yeah. Uh. Look, my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the whole thing, and I would imagine y'all have heard this, but if you haven't, this is, I thought this was glorious. Um, and a lot of times, sports chants and fans, a lot, sometimes that's stupid. It's like that guy holding that Zion can't dunk sign. And y'all, so stupid. y'all deserve to lose just for that idiot holding that sign. Zion can't dunk. <laughs> really? So stupid. I mean, it's 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 not funny. It's not ironic. It's just moronic. I, it, you know, at least give make a clever sign, right? Make something funny. If you're gonna make fun of Zion or make fun of Duke, do something. Fun. There's lots of ways you can make fun of Duke. That was an F. That's full B. That's Soiler Alert BSC. That was garbage. Y'all deserve to lose just for that one bad fan sign. But one of my favorite parts is when uh, the Lakers were playing the Pacers. And the Pacers fans were laying into uh, when when uh, Brandon. I've got the clip from when Brandon Ingram goes up to shoot some free throws. But when they were laying into him every time they go up to the line, I thought this was brilliant. They averaged 16 points last year in year two. He's at 17.2 in his last five. He's- if you're having trouble making that out, the fans are chanting, "LeBron's going to trade you." 
as Brandon Ingram steps up to the line to shoot free throws. That, I thought, was funny. It's messed up, and obviously, you know, the Lakers ate a game. What did they lose by, like, 42 to somebody, like the worst loss of LeBron's career? Yeah, the Pacers. (laughs) I mean, you know, you got some ugliness there, but that fan chain, I thought, was hilarious, well-timed, appropriate. You know, and how the Lakers recover from that, How I think that's a fascinating element of the back end of the season. And I don't know, there's questions about, obviously, Walton, there's – uh, the coach situation, the roster, the players, the mate. I mean, there's all kinds of questions. They're going to be a fascinating watch both on and off the court. You know what I mean? But I, I love I love that. LeBron's going to trade you. He had 16 points last year in year two. He's at 17.2 and his last. Loved it. Anyway. <laughs> It's kind of a messed up thing to get a kick out of, but I still thought it was fun. I don't think I've ever heard that before out of a fan, out of a crowd taunting somebody. <laughs> That's clever. Um, but uh, the, the rest of the NBA landscape, I would say I, I really uh, I echo that the proud of the Raptors. Mm-hmm. A, sorry, a really good, I don't uh, know that one. Sorry, Alexa woke up um, <laughs> for no reason. Uh, <laughs> hey, by the way. That's kind of creepy. By, by the way, Mark. You know, it, speaking of not knowing that one, uh-huh. um, after that uh, Lakers-Pacers game, Lance Stevenson no-showed the Hooters he was supposed to go to. <laughs> uh, Apparently, sorry. after you lose by 42, you're not allowed to go to Hooters. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's a, I didn't know that rule, but it makes sense. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't earned it, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> was that Kawhi after getting uh, what's his face in the trade? <laughs> Gasol, yeah. <laughs> I think he was just appreciating the breadsticks from Olive Garden. <laughs> That's what was going on there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the song uh, of the Raptors I like. I think that's a good movie. Yeah, and and the 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 other big one that I think is a really good one was uh, Mir Miritich to the Bucks. Yeah, he's a three point phenom. They're already I think the highest uh, three point taking team. So yeah, he's don't going, they have the best yeah, record in the NBA? In good company, uh, I think so. Yeah. One of one of them. Yeah, they, they they've been up there. So um, that that was that was a big addition for them, and so they they're. They're stacked. They're they're stacked on yeah. shooting for sure. Um, so good, a couple good moves there. Okay, uh, Shannon. Any any other thoughts as far as trades? Trades you love, trades you hate, or who cares? Get us to May and June, and we'll revisit. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just thought it was kind of funny how the Pelicans played the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, it it just seemed like. If I'm the Pelican fans, and, and look, I get it that they booed Anthony Davis, but you should be booing management. They got to get him the talent to play around him. And they clearly haven't done that. How, but, long, how long has he been in the league now? He was, uh, they won the title in 2012, so six, seven years. So, yeah, I mean, so it's not like he's two years in pulling this kind of crap. Right, you know he's so, give, he's given them you know si- you know six six or seven seasons, and that exactly. that that's a fair swing, you know, at yeah. things. And and How, they should be 
they should be more pissed at management for not getting him better players. I mean, you've had Chris Paul and Anthony Davis for 13 seasons, and the best you've done has gotten to the second round. Like, come on. You, you've had two all-timers, and you ain't done shit with your with your uh, roster. Yeah. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. You got to do better now. You got to I mean, do I, better. I, I do appreciate that they, they messed around with the Lakers and got all their players pissed off uh, at management, basically. <laughs> I mean, that, it was it was Game of Thrones like style, like how they got them all pissed off. <laughs> it, it truly was. It was genius. I, I love how Shannon's now going to like make all these like rando obtuse Game of Thrones <laughs> references on stuff. This is great. This is Dude, great. that show is so awesome. It's ridiculous. Shame. 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 <laughs> But Cersei's revenge on that, holy balls, dude. I know. This bananas. That's oh, cool. my God, dude. <laughs> that may have been the most badass revenge I've ever seen. It was incredible. She's ruthless. Oh, yeah. There you go. This is, this is, what, this is you know, what we all deserve. If that's going to be the case. Here you go. Here you go. Love that. The the irony is is I listen to the intro on every you hear episode that. so I can see the what what um city is listed or mm-hmm. what kingdom is listed. Mm-hmm. And I hear that song every damn time. Yeah, yep. W- once you hear it that way, it's very easy to revert to it. Oh my god, that is for sure. By the way, I love the count the Game of Thrones calendar where it, uh, Peter Dinklage's you know Tyrion is for February, and he had that tweet where it's like, oh, of course I'm the shortest month. <laughs> 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 I love that. Oh, oh man, it's so good, dude. It's so it's good. So- He's so brilliant. Um, yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, like, all right, when he does the second, he wants a, um, oh, shoot, what do you call it, a trial by combat. Mm-hmm. That was such an awesome scene. Like, that scene alone, he should have been Emmy nominated, and I, I would imagine he was, but he was so good in that yeah, scene. Like, I don't follow award shows for anything. Uh, Randy, we could probably fact check with Penny. She probably knows, but like, I don't follow award shows for squat. Like, I, you know what I mean. But I would imagine that show has won. Have they've cascaded? They've rained awards on. The, I would think. I would yes. hope. You know what I'm saying? Um, actually, you know what? Let, let's go ahead and drop this, man. Let's go ahead and drop this because we, we were laughing about it pre-podcast, and so I think it's great that you're up to speed. And obviously, everybody on tonight now, Whitfield. I think has started to watch Game of Thrones, which is about time. I don't know where he's at, but he's not on tonight anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I love, obviously, one of the things that Game of Thrones, they always have these wild endings to the seasons. And so, for what, now granted, at this point, they're past the books. So even if you've read the source material, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. So I'm fascinated you know, by what the final season ends up being. Anyway. Um, but one of the, one of the, uh, spoiler alert, 
when Jon Snow gets absolutely just, you know, effed over, dude. Like, that was such a monstrous cliffhanger. You know what I mean? At the end of a season, dude, people went bananas. And, you know, honestly, Shannon, we should have a watch party once it's back on. You and I should have a watch party. I don't know if, if Randy would want to do it. Maybe we should just get together on Skype and screen like screen capture our reactions and watch Game of Thrones <laughs> and see if any of us get as hostile or crazy as some of these other people do. But, I mean, when when you know, when Jon Snow got bushwhacked, I mean, oh people God, were crying. And, and here's the thing: you've watched it all really condensed, so you haven't have you haven't had to wait that long. But in the middle of that, uh, I mean, people were online raging, rage faced. They were pissed <laughs> off. You know, they went bananas, and there were people that were in tears. Yes, about about John Snow. I watched some of those yeah. videos, uh, or uh, Kid Harrington. Anyway, this is a clip from uh, I think it was on with Jimmy Fallon. And I, I don't I don't know if you know I played this for Shannon earlier. But I don't know if Rand, Randy I don't know if you've ever heard it. Mark I don't know if you've ever heard it. Maybe you have. But I I love 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 this clip. I think it's hilarious because again, a show with great cliffhangers, a great at keeping secrets. Uh, and obviously earlier on, people that have read the books knew some of what was going to happen. Other than you know you've got the flavor of the show maybe kind of being a smidge different in some spots, but. Uh, at this point, it's a free-for-all. Nobody knows what the hell is going to happen other than George R.R. R. Martin uh, and obviously the show creators. But the rest of us, man, just got to wait and watch. But I love this clip. A uh, policeman comes up, pulls me. And, and again, this is, this is after his character gets, uh, gets killed. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Reportedly. Reportedly. A <laughs> uh, policeman comes up, pulls me over, and, and, and I, you know, a bit sheepish. I said, I'm really sorry. I didn't. It wasn't looking at the clock, and he said, "You do realise how fast you were going, and that was a that's a bookable offence." And I said, "Yes, I'm very, very sorry, uh, for, sir." And he said, "Look, there's two ways we could do this. You can either follow me back to the police station now, and I book you in, or you can tell me whether you live in the next series of." <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> And I laughed like you're all laughing, and his <laughs> face was just stone. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. said, "I have to tell you, whether I take you into the police station depends on what your answer is." <laughs> so I, I looked at him and went, I, I, I'm, "I'm alive next season." And he, and he goes, he says, mm -hmm. "On your way, Lord Commander." <laughs> <laughs> Love that. What a, what a great story, man. What a great story. Uh, I'm surprised they don't so trap. Awesome. I'm surprised they don't drive around with like non-disclosure agreements. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'll tell you, and we can laugh and have the story, but you can't tell your friends. Here's an NDA right here. You know what I mean? <laughs> here's an, here's a Game of Thrones NDA right here, man. You can't can't tell anybody else. Uh, but just fantastic, man. Love that. I'm so looking forward to the final season, man. There's there's no doubt. Uh, we got so off track and off topic. I don't even know what the hell we were talking about a few minutes ago. Oh, NBA <laughs> stuff. Can I, can I ask McGuff for one more Game of Thrones thing? We, yeah, we know yeah, we can yeah. turn this into a yeah, Game of Thrones absolutely. podcast. And maybe we should just say, hey, this is the Game of Thrones podcast. We'll just talk about Game of Thrones for the rest of it. Because, again, if you really need to talk about the Super, Super Bowl, hey, 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 um, hey, hey, hey. Look, Belichick, Belichick, hey. Look, Belichick helped the Giants get, get a couple of rings, man. I don't know why you're hating. Hey, Belichick is the White Walker, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> cool. I mean, Interesting. <laughs> So what, you can't kill him? 
Is he uh, the night king? So. He, he he very fucking well might be. Um, <laughs> Bill Belichick <laughs> as the night king. Okay. I so mean, I mean, think about this. Look, look, hold on, hold on, hold on. Think about this. Think about this. You have Tom Brady because all those Tom Brady as Thanos memes were blowing up, right? So you got that, and now we have Bill Belichick as the Night King. That's a that's a hell of a that's a hell of a deal right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, well, well, willing to you know go you know turn a dragon to making into his next super bo- superstar. I mean, it, it all adds up. Mm. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say, Shannon. I mean, this this just kind of was in my in my head because uh, we haven't you know uh, there's so many favorite characters, but. For me, Elena, Elena Tyrell was one of my favorites, and I was just gonna say, obviously, you, you just got through it all, but the, the moment that she she tells Jamie that you know she was the one that yeah took out tear or excuse me took out Joffrey, oh uh, god, that just that's one of my absolute favorite moments the entire thing. Oh, so badass, that, so that, badass, dude. I loved her. Oh, she was a beast. That old oh, that dude. old lady was a champ, bro. Fuck yeah, dude. Indeed, she was. That, that was just a phenom- phenomenal. You know what? Going out. Going out strong. This is my mic drop. Boom. Enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry for all the cursing, Justin, but the, the beer is just flowing so well tonight. So, you know. Shannon, Shannon, just for you. Tyrion's epic speech was on the episode called The Laws of God and Men, which was season four, which is 2014, which means the 2015 Primetime Emmy Awards, Peter Dinklage did win. Good. Because nice. he deserved the win for that one. Holy cow! Oh, yeah, that was yes. such awesome season for him. Phenomenal. And that speech was just ah. Oh. Yeah. Watch, watch the damn show if you haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It, it's like yeah, I held off, and I'm glad I did because I I don't know if I could have made it two years waiting on this eighth season. <laughs> Trust me, it hasn't been easy. No. <laughs> no, it has not. Oh but man! My gosh, dude! I, oh, everybody is—it's <laughs> it's so the directors hey, are so good. Look, everybody does. I've got a, I've, so well. Hey man, look, I've got a song for uh, Tommen. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> I would say hashtag too soon, but it's been a couple years, so no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, um, I guess I could, I could do that if you prefer for King Tommy. Does that, does that make you happier? <laughs> Man, I, no, dude. I mean, there's there's so much craziness. I mean, you figure the red wedding was insane. That was. A top three or four moment in this show. Like, oh my I, god! Like, like I, I watched it once on YouTube and I didn't mm-hmm. understand it, and then I watched it at like going in succession in the seasons, and I like freaked out. And I was just like, "Oh my effing g!" Like, holy cow, dude! So. I always liked this one. And look, it's a tough show if you get attached to people because a lot of people die. I mean, a lot of people die. But I always loved this one. And Shannon, since you haven't really, you've just now watched it. Maybe you hadn't been absorbed in some of the like Game of Thrones jokes and memes. But I always love the one. It's like, why doesn't George R. R. Martin use Twitter? 
because he killed off all 140 characters. Sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? And because it's once you start watching his show, you're like, yeah, dude. <laughs> this is a gigantic. Don't get, don't get attached to anybody. Yeah, no, don't, nope. don't, don't. I've gotten attached to one character. Who? All right, fair question. Fair question. There, there's characters that I like, and there's characters that I'm attached to. And I, I think realistically, over the, if I had to pick one. You know, I'll ask everybody else their favorite character. I, I gotta admit, I, I think I, I think Tyrion might be my favorite character of the whole series. I'm I'm hard pressed. I mean, I you know, Tyr- Tyrion's a top three for me. Love him. Um, but my absolute favorite that I want to see just kick everybody's ass mm-hmm. is Arya. Yeah, Arya's great. You know, she she had her you know dad taken to her. She's <laughs> You know, if she doesn't get out of there in season one, you know, she's done for. But, I mean, she oh, becomes Ar- a fucking stone-cold killer. Man. Arya's she's story arc is... Badass. Yeah, Arya's story arc is great. The evolution of her character is great. But this is in part both the actor and the character of the show. You know yes. what I mean? And, the, and their role in it. And I just... Ma- I, Maisie, I, I forget her last name, but Maisie, Maisie Williams. Williams. Yes, Williams. Maisie Williams is she is really good. Oh, yeah. oh it's a phenomenally well cast show, and and there's people you and like I mean the actor that plays Joffrey, I think to this day people like I don't know what he's doing now, but I would imagine he dealt with people hating him in real life, you know, unnecessarily. Oh. And the thing is, you have to remember in in stuff like this, you can hate the character of the show, but remember that it's a show. He is not actually Joffrey. You know right. what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he he's a another young like British actor. I'm pretty sure who, who decided that honestly he he wanted to take some time off from acting after the show because of exactly that. I mean he he he, he thoroughly enjoyed the role, and of course mm-hmm. I'm sure is enjoying the the, the, the paychecks. But um, yeah, I mean he was so frequently stopped by people. Like screaming obscenities at him and and just acting like he is a horrible monster. He was like, I couldn't. I felt like for a while I couldn't go outside anymore. Like I, I, it really got that bad. And I, I get it. And How amazing both, is that? It's, it's a it's hilarious and awful all at once. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys saw my text earlier in the in the in the chat. He's the, the he's one of the three characters who I think is the biggest cunt of the show. Look, <laughs> jo- look, absolutely. Shannon, I know you haven't played it, and Mark, I know you didn't play it a lot, but Randy, you'll remember this. Joffrey was such a huge pop culture thing that that got referenced in Borderlands. Yes, it did. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I, I, Mark, I don't know how much of the original Border. I, I'm pretty sure it was the first. Wasn't it the first Borderlands? No, it was. Was it, was it Borderlands uh, the, two? It was the Bunkers and Badasses DLC. Okay. But they they referenced the Iron Throne, and you had a you had a uh-huh. you, know, you had this bitch ass king. You had to go. I think you had to slap him a couple of times. I don't remember what happened. You could keep slapping yeah, him, you and then they make comments him. about it. Yep. Yeah, and, and I didn't really get it at the time because then I hadn't watched Game of Thrones. But when I watched Game of Thrones, I was like, no wonder they put this in the game that way. <laughs> <laughs> it made total sense because <clears throat> you know that is a character they end up hating so much. All right. I mean, again, so, phenom- that is a show that's brilliantly well cast, and I, I love Cer. You know who I-, I love Cersei. You know what I mean? I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head, 
Lena Headey. But okay, or Headey. Le- I don't know how you want to yeah. pronounce it. Um, but I mean, she does such an incredible job with her. Uh, it just the layers of a lot of the characters. And again, Shannon, when you go and rewatch it, it, you will pick up on things that you didn't necessarily see or hear, or, or, or you just didn't get before. It meet the layers and the subtleties of things that are going on, and then the layers of of the dialogue, of the scripts, of what's happening, pop out to you differently. Uh, but I, I love, I, I love Cersei. I mean, I love the hater, right? But I love right. that character. I love Tyrion, and I love Cersei. You know, Arya's great, uh, and Lord Baelish is fantastic. Uh, in different, I mean, there's so many. He, he would be so number many. four in the cunt uh, contest. The, <laughs> there's a cunt contest? Wow. Dude, oh, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I would like your all's input. Now, I, I would put Jon Snow at number two behind Arya, behind my face. Not in a cunt contest. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not in a cunt contest. I'm talking about my face. to be a cunt. It's Christmas. <laughs> Take a chance. <laughs> the rest of us are right. doing our best to be jolly. Looking like you swallowed a bunch of holly. <laughs> anyway. Right. So, okay. Viscerous... Joffrey, um, uh, oh, who's the freaking Bolton? Um, Ramsey. Those are my top three cunts. Wow, dude. Such language out of you. I know it, dude. I'm, I'm freaking two heavy beers in at this point. So, the <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, hell with this. Exactly. Be girls number one. See you in T. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday, boys. Yeah, like... it, 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 it's it's it stays Joffrey for me. I mean, it, it, I mean, certainly you, you awesome. can't go wrong with the other two, um, and and they're they're absolutely up there for me. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I say yeah, Joffrey, Joffrey rightfully earned his uh, <laughs> his top spot. I know that's right. Jeez. The, 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 I mean, there's 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 so many horrific examples, but I mean, for me, the you know when he's yeah. You know, Torturing the women in his in his bedroom like that just oh yeah. the uh, do you mean when uh, Tyrion like uh, hired the uh, the prostitutes or whatever yeah. the ladies yep. for him that 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 just yeah. made, I mean it still makes me yeah. cringe I mean it's 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 yeah. it's just awful so I mean that that's that that's yeah to me you need no further representation of what just monster lives within him and oh my god cringeworthy. I, it, that that's a legit yeah I mean they're, they're, but there's so many hateable people in that show there's so oh, many yeah, hateable definitely. people Tywin I mean like well, yeah, like, well did are you there for Rob Stark dies oh, yeah. and they find out about Rob Stark and Je- Joffrey's all excited and then you know the grandfather is like you know chill the f out dude and he starts talking back and everybody's looking at him like. You need to shut the fuck up, Joffrey. Like this dude saved your ass. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, and I, I, I heard you, Randy, and that was a great point. Stannis. I mean, Stannis. Stannis somebody is that should, doesn't should not should not be forgotten or get a pass just because he got mm. freaking swept away that, by, the, by the Red Woman. I mean, that motherfucker, Randy. You're right, dude. I cannot believe that he let his daughter get sacrificed like that. That was an all. That, that was such a gut wrenching moment. Off Randy. That was no, such a gut wrenching moment. 
Um, you know, I, I think of, of Theon and his transition to Reek. I think of <laughs> that was awful. I, yeah. You know what I mean? There are just parts of that show that are just so rough, man. Whew. You're so right, dude. That And I and I yeah. said it, like the his three daughter. that let the daughter get sacrificed, mm. I was like, they are all cunts. <laughs> and I said that in the chant, in the chat. You, know, you, said, like, that, you said that in the chant? Do you have a cunt chant? They're, they're all cunts. Yeah, they're all cunts. I mean, it's no longer Christmas, but it's still relevant. So, I, I guess, hey, dear Joffrey. Dear Stannis. All the Lannisters, really. Shame. 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 Dude. <laughs> if you haven't that, guessed it by now, the word of the day is cunt. Uh, uh, clearly. I don't I don't think that we're I don't think we'll have a Sesame Street like visit anytime soon. Eat us for cunt, you know, cookie yeah, monster no. won't visit us with Th- that look, one. There there is no cunty monster, okay? That would be the worst <laughs> spin-off ever. That would be the worst spin-off ever. <laughs> Please, admit. And, and and I'm tempted to look it up right now to see if anybody's ever done it, but I can't bear to see some <laughs> Cookie Monster's bad enough. This blue hairy beast. I don't need to see the hairy beast. That might be Cunty Monster. I have no desire. <laughs> no desire. I bet I bet Cunty Monster's hanging out with Double Dong, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm brave it for you, Justin. No, there is no such thing. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Oh, Delete that from my history. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, my God. Oh. I broke alone. <laughs> We're all on to hell. Oh well. Oh man. Oh lord. Shoot, that, that one does hurt a little bit, doesn't it? I cannot fit one more thing inside of me. Great ass. Tell me how my ass tastes. Oh my god, Shannon. Oh, all right, I, I feel compelled. Like I have to play this now. Hold on, let me scroll up to it and find it. Okay, so it, obviously Valentine's Day week. Um, <laughs> so I asked all of you to think about some Valentine's stuff. Like, for example, I joked around about Rick Pitino with the Olive Garden breadsticks. Um, but like, you know, I mean, quite frankly, you, you think that, you know, uh, McVeigh and Belichick might exchange some pleasantries. Uh, no reach around. <laughs> Todd understands that. No reach around, uh, for, for the way the game wrapped up. <laughs> But since Shannon's word of the day has has clearly been inspired by uh, Beyond Sex in the City and the See You Next Tuesday, I have a song for you. Okay. Okay. And whatever you do, don't uh, we 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 don't dedicate this song to anybody that we love in any capacity. 
<laughs> in any capacity. Uh, or else we might not see you next Tuesday. But <laughs> a, distinct, a distinct possibility. But Shannon, in your honor for Valentine's Day this week, given your word of the day and cunty monster. <laughs> I can't believe that's a thing now. How is that a thing? Thank you, McGuffin, for ruining for ruining this. Ruining this with cunty monster. Oh my god. Alright, anyway, so he, uh, let me get back to the right spot. Oh, I have it in my messenger. And here you go. This is courtesy of, of the Twitter Terminator. This is in your honor, sir. Oh, I gotta turn the audio up. Oops. Here, hold on. There you go. Here it is. I walked out and I started with this song. Oh, you can't say cunt in Canada. Saying cunt's not very nice at all. No, you can't say cunt in Canada. So I asked the Sheilas what they called it. <laughs> and they said muff mut minge quim. Oh. What they happened, stopped. Facebook? Hold on. It bro- We broke. Cunny Monster broke Facebook. Uh oh. They said muff mut minge quim. Oh, that's crap. Hold on. Let me pull it up in a separate window. Take two. <sighs> Don't be messing with me, Facebook. We got work to do here. Mm-hmm. Let's try it again. Oh, you can't say cunt in Canada. Saying cunt's not very nice at all. No, you can't <laughs> say cunt in Canada. So I asked the Sheilas what they called it. And they said, Muff, Mut, Minge, Quimp, What, Little Flower, Twinkle, Tunnel of Love. No, you can't say that in Canada, unless you say it with a velvet tongue. And you can't say cunt in Canada. <laughs> no, you can't say cunt you, in Canada. Do you have a Valentine you want to dedicate real quick? Anybody? <laughs> Shannon? I mean, was that Braun breaking that out? I mean, <laughs> we're not done with this yet. But I wanted, I wanted a brief intermission before we continue. <laughs> you might want to dedicate their Valentines now. Uh, I mean, do we all want to get a divorce at this point? I mean, I, know, I would right? say this no. Is, this is not the one to your wife. This is no, this dude, is the dude. stupid. This is the stupid Valentines. Again, like, like I said, you know, the 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 Belichick Valentine to uh, McVeigh thanking him. You know, I mean, but, th- for me, this will be to Louisville Cardinals. Uh, there, see, that's what so. I'm talking about. There you go. Thank you. There you Thank go. you. You needed one that that that's stupid, and you know, it's like the Pel- like the Pelicans are sending the Lakers a Valentine's Day card. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. There yes. you go. Really, Mark would have loved if if the Giants could have sent like the Patriots a Valentine's Day card. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, okay, so y'all don't have anything to dedicate, so back to our song. So I thought I'd better ask the guys. No, you can't say cunt in Canada. Why wasn't I surprised? When they said gash, pussy, poon, tang, beef, curtain, burger, gateway to her guts. Gateway <laughs> <laughs> to her guts. How fucking romantic is that? <laughs> Split whisker, beaver, long eye, front bum, growler, hairy lasso. No, you can't say cunt in Canada. Just cunt's considered pretty fucking rude. 
Okay, so do you have a Valentine's yet? Are, are we sure the Hound didn't make this song? <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of feel like that, right? Yeah. That's a good call. Lie, dude. Hound's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love the Hound. I he is him. a cunt, but he's a he badass is. cunt. Very much so. Mark, do you have a Valentine's you'd like to dedicate? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't feel like it's the right time. Okay, Randy, do you have a Valentine's? Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Hat- <laughs> Hashtag too soon. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Die, you can't say cunt in Canada. So when you get to Montreal, if you're going to say cunt in Canada, you got to say it in French as well. So here goes Pilaplut la con President Mitterrand. Pepe la pew. No, you can't say cunt in Canada. Because cunt's considered pretty fucking rude. And you can't say cunt in Canada. Anyway, that was I walked out and I started with this. That was Kevin Bloody Wilson. So credit credit to him for that. Whew. That's a that's oh, a that's bold cool. one, isn't it? That's a bold so one. That's a bold one, my friend. Can you imagine sitting down and writing that song? Whew. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I know you. I know you do. You've been saying it all night, so yeah, I don't blame you for loving it. I mean, have the balls to say it. Oh, Why not? Man. Why not? Mm-mm-mm. I, I, don't dude, get me, don't get me wrong. There are some people that deserve to be called that, but yes, uh, a lot of people in Game of Thrones. God, what was the old lady's name again? Uh, which which one? The the one the, the the old lady uh the grandmother of uh what's her face um Marjorie yes L- L- Lady Elena yes because she called a lot of people cunts in that movie including <laughs> Joffrey <laughs> and I appreciated that <laughs> he was such a cunt yes yes he was there it is hold on uh oh. Here we go. I thought I had this saved. Ah, there we go. You know, for Shannon, based on his his usage of the word cunt. On point, as far as I'm concerned. We haven't broken that song out in a long time. My I don't God. think we've ever broken it out, dude. Not. Oh, we. Ha- it's it's been, it's been a long. It's been a long time. time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we've used that one before. Hey, I don't know that we'd ever use Sugar Ray Fly before. I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> and, and I think the last time we used uh, Free Fallen was when that Buffalo Bills fan fell out of the upper deck. <laughs> uh, you are correct, sir. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Bills Mafia. Yeah, Bill, Bills Mafia. Yeah. We should save that for the next time they're jumping and you know busting through tables with their heads, man. Oh, my God.
Whew. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Oh Lord. Well, I, I guess at some point we have to actually transition to the Super Bowl and some other stuff. So, <laughs> and we need to take a break. My God, how's everybody doing? I'm good. I'm good as well. All right, Shannon, how are I'll, you? I'll, I'll just say two more Game of Thrones things related for me, and I'll be done. Okay. All right. I got to ask Shannon, what were your, how was your reaction? I would have loved to see your reaction to when Melisandre took off the necklace. Yeah, that was pretty significant. Yeah. Mm. He's struggling. He's struggling with this, man. He need he needs an assist. <sighs> I had to uh, cover my eyes on the screen. <laughs> I, I, I honestly like had my hand up to like under my eyeball so I could not see that because it was horrendous. Um, yeah, that was definitely quite shocking to say the least. Um, the fact that they had her naked on scene as a 90 year old woman, like I just could not look at that at all. Um, it w- hey man, look, maybe she needed Maroon Five. She needed. <laughs> she, she needed. She needed a halftime show. Because <laughs> 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 I, 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 I did not recognize her without that necklace. That's for sure. She, she needed to be like most guys in life. She needed to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Oh man, dude. dude. But you know what? Don't be that... a fool. Wrap you to him, bro, bro. <clears throat> that was a bomb right there, man. When that dropped, you were like, "What?" Yeah. I know. I, I literally had to put my hands underneath my eyes so I could just look at her head, and that was it. You you probably Cause... just you probably hadn't had enough beer for that yet. Oh God! No. I, I had to pause it and go get beer at that point. I'm not even kidding you. Like I literally had to go drink at that point. I, I can see Shannon. I'm not drunk enough for this shit. Mm-mm. No. And I was like that dude when the Knicks drafted the the uh, Porzingis. <laughs> they drafted who? What the? They drafted who? Who the fuck is this? This cocksucker oh. might not even have a fucking green card. She got bad for the necklace on. Motherfucker. Who the fuck is this kid? Put the necklace on. Did you ever think you'd get that, like, cramped up against Dido White Flag? This <laughs> 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 uh... Yeah, Randy. Yeah, that, that was kind of um, a really oh, tough shit. She totally, she totally needed the horse head from the Harlem Shake video, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like for real. And, and my la- and my last Game of Thrones thing here. All I gotta say is Tormund better be fucking alive. That's all I gotta say. Tormund was like one of my favorite characters. Yeah. We shall and, see, and when sir. That, and when that dragon took down that wall, I was like, "Oh shit! You better that was you, badass. Better, you better survive." So sorry for for anybody that hasn't watched Game of Thrones. Sorry, we just ruined all of this shit for you. <laughs> we warned you early in the episode. We did, we did. You know, curse. Uh, I'll tell you, Shane, and there was a very popular meme going around. I don't know, meme slash concept that you know it would be funny to. 
take a friend who didn't know what was coming in that episode, the one where, you know, Melisande, you know, took off the necklace and be like, dude, right before you get to the end of the episode, I'm just letting you know, you should have some Vaseline ready because, man, you're going to want to, ooh. What a dick thing to do, but that would be hilarious. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah, you're going to make him say, oh, all right. Terrible. I don't know about it. Um, more like, <laughs> <laughs> Why you hate on oh, your elders like that, man? Why you hate on your elders, bro? Oh. Started with Shannon. Blame him. Actually, don't forget. Forget Tootsie Roll. In that moment. Oh. In that moment on Game of Thrones, bro. Bro, put the necklace back on quick. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> the love of God, put it back on. Oh, for the love, yeah, yeah. For the what the 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 old gods and the new, <laughs> for the love of the seven. Just for our eyes, please. <laughs> put it for back our on. Sanity. <laughs> I think without her necklace, it was more like Peter Shrinklage, wasn't it? Well, that's that's one way to look disappearing. That's one way to come up short, but I'm just saying. Chris Hell, Cooley, Chris Cooley approves that, that message. <laughs> He's a shower, not a grower. Or a grower, not a shower. <laughs> Peter Shrinklage. Oh my god. That's terrible. <laughs> That's funny, but it's terrible. <laughs> Peter Shrinklage, Peter Shrinklage. <laughs> He'll hate you for oh that shit. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, Shannon, just remember. When you're staring at a demigod, <laughs> what can I say except you're welcome? Oh crap! Uh, oh my God! Okay, woo. On that note, I'm the, drinking. The Rock for Governor 2021. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It can't be any worse than the shit show we have in Virginia right now. I'm kidding. Tanny? Jesus. Probably not. At least he'd be entertaining and fun. Mm. Oh my God! My stomach hurts from laughing so much over the past ten minutes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> This is what happens when we don't record for uh, a. I don't. I don't even remember the last episode. I think it was like January twenty sixth. I think. A couple weeks, man. It, yeah. it, it's been a minute. Yeah, for sure. Oh my god, my guts hurt. Holy <laughs> moly! <laughs> Peter Strinklage did me in, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they drafted who? Who the fuck is this? Peter Shrinklage might not even have a fucking green card. <laughs> uh, Peter Shrinklage, Peter Shrinklage, 
Killing me, man. Okay, my God. Hey, by the way, Mark, are you staying with us for a little bit on next segment? I, this next uh, statement um, relies on that. Um, all right, I, I was going to say I, I probably was going to cut out, but I, I'll come in for the very start of the next one, and then okay. I'll cut out. You know what? Uh, uh, it, we'll, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do a salute o'clock. Shannon can drop whatever he needs to on uh, Mark, and, and then we can get Mark's um, – Salty ass reaction to anything that he wants to drop. <laughs> All of our salty ass reactions. Uh, and then what do you mean salty? All of us having a salty reaction to that. I'm I'm happy with. Are you kidding me? I'm happy with the outcome of the Super Bowl, man. As was I. Suck it. So, matter of fact, I, I need to get a Tom Brady jersey. That's I've decided. He, wow. He, he's got to be. Look, he's like one of the only dudes. I can't get a Vinatieri jersey. He's a freaking kicker. Uh, but I, I, I think I can totally rock old man Brady. You know what I mean? There's like old man Logan. I think I can support old man Brady. You know what I mean? As, he's older than me, so I, I have Very to give. True. I got to give him respect, man. Again, we're on the upper echelon of. I mean, Seabass is out there ripping his groin up trying to kick a field goal. That dude in the AAF or whatever league it was, <laughs> who was that with the groin injury? <laughs> I have no idea. I missed that one. You don't. Uh, it was somebody that was like, "What are y'all posting in the brew chat?" There was a dude that was listed out for a game with a groin injury. And it was, oh, because he hit. Oh, he, uh, Lawrence Okoye. Yeah, Lawrence Okoye. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Only reason I remember that is he used to be on the Niners. So. There you go. <laughs> out with a groin injury because he was in that prostitution ring. There it is, Peter Shrinklage. Peter Shrinklage. Anyway, okay, that all right. That would be Peter Strain, Strainledge. Yeah. <laughs> or Strainledge. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> he's really gross. He's really, eh, never mind. Mm. It, it's, it's all, it's all fails. I'm just going to stop. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. This is all bad. It's too all, soon, too soon. It's all bad. That's what she said. Yeah, it, it, it's all bad. Anyway, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll bring Mark in for the beginning of segment two and then get him out so we can go get some sleep. Uh, and then we'll polish off, we'll polish off the Super Bowl, and maybe we'll make fun of some other stuff. Lord knows what else is to come during this episode of the Sports Brew. <laughs> God bless. We, you know what I, I mean? Really, by the time we end up, if there's one thing I'll remember from this podcast, it's it's Peter Shrinklage. That'll, that'll take care of that. <laughs> that that that's that's a keeper. That's a keeper. Oh my it god, really that's fantastic! All right, let's take a break. Um, we have the sports brew. Uh, key, look, keywords are sports and brew. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Live Sports, Live Sportscaster dot com. Of course, our home feed on Podbean and a whole bunch of other services, uh, Google Play, etc. Again, keywords are sports and brew. Um, if you somehow suffer through us, I hope that you're drinking along the way. Uh, but if you do enjoy our stupidity and our sports chat, which we do, I think. Yeah, no, we do. Um, Then feel free to share it with somebody else along the way. Hopefully we give you some cheap entertainment. God bless. We need some more of that in this world. Uh, But anyway, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, uh, we are back. We had to stretch our legs for a minute. And uh, God bless. This is probably trouble, but I've made my third Catherine and Coke to get through the rest of this podcast. I've already had a beer, too. I had a uh, a victory. You know know what? I want to do the salute o'clock. But I don't want to forget what, uh, oh crap, did I already forget it? No, I had an idea. 
All right, so <laughs> we're in trouble. My God. Come on, Captain. Let's go. T- <laughs> Look, all right, all right. I have an idea for an award, okay? Uh-oh. And our first, I even, know our, I even know our first recipient, okay? So I think we've had lots of, of glorious moments uh, in our time doing the sports brew. We've named beers. We've come up with, you know, the, the BSE, the Soiler uh, Alert, all kinds of dumb stuff. But given the the flow of that that first half of this podcast with Peter Shrinklage, I actually think there should be a Peter Shrinklage Award. <laughs> oh no! And our bad feeling I know where this is going. <laughs> and our first recipient is Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> For coming up short and shrinking up like a champ for turtling out in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Peter Shrinklish, Peter Shrinklish. The Peter, I'm telling you, the Peter Shrinklage Award. I think I think that that's got to happen every year for for the team that comes up short in a regular season, and then we'll ha- we will have our MV Peter Shrinklage in the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, I I like the direction of this. That that's a good call. I I think Louisville wins Peter Shrinklage of the <laughs> of night the though. Just because he's a fan and fuck Louisville. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Goff can get it for the Super Bowl, and Louisville can get it for tonight. Yep, there you go. Okay, all right, all right. right. Oh, my God. I've got a a stitch, man, and that hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. All right, let's do Salute O'Clock. Let's do Salute O'Clock. So, since I'm on my third mixed drink and I crushed my beer, um, I had a Victory Hop Wallop IPA earlier. Very good, by the way. Um, nice and stank, always pleasant. And uh, well, I've already said I'm on my third Captain and Coke. Now this is not the Hundo Captain and Coke, because Lord knows what I would be like if I was on the third Hundo. I'm telling you, that would be extra. Like Baker Mayfield, man, I'm feeling dangerous, bro. But uh, <laughs> this is the regular Captain and Coke. But you know, by the time I start getting a heavy hand later in the night when we're recording. Uh, we're we're in Rod Gardner land on this last one, so th- this is the old fifty fifty. So I was gonna ask you if that's what you were doing is rocking the old Rod Gardner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can do the I can do the Rod Gardners with the regular captain. It's hard to do Rod Gardners with the Hundo because that the Hundo fools you because it, it's so smooth, and 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 before you know it, you're three sheets to the wind, dude. I mean, you're just totally out there. Now, granted, when I listen to this on playback as I write out the description. I might feel like I was three sheets to the wind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God bless. I'm going to hashtag Peter Shrinklage on this episode. I just want you to know that. That's. I would expect nothing less from Not me. only is that going in the title of this, but that is getting hashtagged when I, when I, uh, when I tweet Ooh. this thing out. I think Peter Shrinklage is a keeper. Mm. All right. Uh, uh, Shannon, what you got, bro? Brother, I'm I'm rocking an assortment tonight. First and foremost, the center of the universe, Jeffrey, which is an apple brandy barrel aged imperial stout. Nice. Which was freaking delicious. Holy cow. 
And then the Hardywood Christmas Pancakes. This one was a special one. You had to be a member of the club to, or you had to like be there the weekend to give it away. Mm-hmm. It was the it's a gingerbread stout with maple syrup. It's so good. Interesting. Pancakes, huh? So freaking good. Well, I've never I'm, heard of it before. I'm glad you're in the club. Rob. Oh, and and we did we did not get to wish you a happy birthday. I think last I, time on the podcast, so you know, <laughs> you got that. you got the flu is what you got for your birthday. I, I did get the flu for my birthday. <laughs> That's a raw deal, right there, bro. <laughs> it is, dude. It, it is. But I, I will say this: my my wife mm-hmm. was very nice to me. She took me out this past weekend. Mm-hmm. We combined my birthday and Valentine's Day. We went to Morton's Steakhouse. I got me a freaking juicy sixteen ounce ribeye. It had been um, 48 hours in a, um, oh, what what was it, like a New Orleans type. Like a Cajun. A Cajun, yes, a Cajun, just, (laughs) oh, 48 hours in a Cajun sauce. And that that MF was on point. Now you're not going to curse? Now you're going to be like that MF? Seriously, hey, we're on we're on the second part now, so no, I'm dude, not gonna curse. Dude, I'll say it for you. That motherfucker was on point, bro. I mean, you were, you, <laughs> were dro- you, you were dropping cunt bombs and fuck bombs all over in segment one. I mean, you were by definition the song you always like to drop, which is "Let It Go," because that's all you did in segment one. And now you're gonna drop MF, F O H. Fuck out of here with that. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker was on point. Let me there tell you. you. Let me tell you. Thank you. I've had too much water in the past like twenty minutes. Yeah, so okay. that may be. Fine. Now you got um, conservative again. Yeah, dude. Mm. Oh my god, it was such a good steak. You know, at some point, I hope when my son listens, he's not old enough to listen to the podcast yet. But I hope a couple that, years. Yeah, a couple yeah. years. I hope at some point he goes, and he listens to these, and he goes, "Man, Daddy was funny, not." Daddy was a dickhead. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh my God, he really was an asshole. I'm not sure which direction that'll go yet. I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's okay. Anyway, anyway, all right, good. Um, uh, Randy, what you got, man? Well, I started off the first segment with a New Belgium triple and one of the beers that Shannon got me, the uh, Founders Backwards Bastard. Woo! And Love. right now, I'm on my second New Belgium Triple, <laughs> and I brought out the Founders Breakfast Stout as well. Nice. Oh, love that one. You're going to sleep well for the three hours that you get, or four hours that you get. You're going to be Thank out like you, a five-hour energy. Yeah, I know. I, I hear you, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, Mark, uh, <laughs> Mark. Good night, Randy, brother. That's good night. Yeah. Mark, what, yeah. You, Mark what you got, brother? Uh, so I'm enjoying a, a very delicious beer my, my wife picked out for me, uh, a uh, Trader Joe's Hibiscus Triple. Hibiscus okay. Triple. Yeah, it's quality. How about that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Does the room go silent? Like, hmm, I don't know if I would it. like the idea of that or not. <laughs> I think I've done some hibiscus wines that I liked. I don't know about a beer. I, it, that's one of those where I would try it. I don't know that I'd buy it. 
But if yeah. I could do a mixer, I might might. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. I might slip one in, man. You know what I'm saying? anyway oh mark all right in true giants fan fashion of course you hated the super bowl no Uh, all right so let me let me go ahead and talk because i'm trolling trolling with all that honestly i i didn't i i'm i'm genuinely with you all on that it's been over the top um, I'll, I'll say this, uh, I, unfortunately, I, I really probably, well, actually maybe we should get to Shannon's things first. Cause I feel like this. Oh yeah. He did have something to say. He had something for yeah. you. Shane, okay. So Shane, what do you got for Mark, man? All right. So Mark, have you ever lived in Linden, New Jersey? Um, to this point, I don't think so. Well, that's good because Lenny Dykstra, <laughs> your guy, your guy. <laughs> was accused of turning that neighborhood into a den of drugs and prostitution. That sounds about right. <laughs> I mean... No cheeseburgers? What What did Homeboy call you? Uh, well, yeah, fat fuck, go eat another cheeseburger, all that good stuff. <laughs> so apparently this motherfucker basically turned his neighborhood... Into a prostitution ring and a druggy, just all sorts of shit. Thanks, Lenny Dykstra. I, I, I can I can very easily believe that uh, on his Facebook page, pretty much all the time, he, he would have pictures of him with, let's just call them questionable looking women. Um, everybody's comments, every third comment was somebody asking him, I guess his nickname for uh, it was uh, the slot. So everybody would be like, hey, Lenny, how's the slot been? Oh. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty disgusting. Pretty disgusting. Yikes. So that, that, that's very easy to believe. Very easy. It's, it, it's, it's sad. It really is. I mean, it's, it's, but, uh, I mean, but, I mean, fuck him, but, you know, it's sad. <laughs> ABC7 reported that up to 10 people have lived in the Dykstra's home at once. Oh, Jesus. What the and hell? It's now being used as a boarding house. Well, all aboard, huh? Amtrak. <laughs> the train? <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was going, hey, man, he's the playing Quad the... City DJs. I, yeah, I'm going, you know, he's playing the slot She Will Be Loved in honor of Maroon 5, but, you know, <laughs> fine. <laughs> I don't want to know what paraphernalia they found hidden away in that freaking place. Yeah. Uh, neither do any of us. Here, no. you know what? I just need to do Quad City. That'll that'll get what we need. There you go. Yeah, there there it is. There it is. There it is. There you go. <laughs> oh, you know what? We need we need another dedication. Uh oh. This this is a twenty year dedication. I, I I sort of wished Whitfield was here tonight because I would have dropped this on him. Quite honestly. But 20 years, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Mambo number five. <laughs> Are you serious? It's that old now? Yes. yes it is. Oh, <laughs> Christ. That would be crazy. <laughs> Mark's like, hey, I'm old enough to remember this. Yeah, but this surprisingly just barely. <laughs> no. I will readily admit, I actually still like this song. I'm not gonna lie, I actually do like this it's song. It's got a good beat. It, it's I, fun. I, it's fun. It's fun. I'm I'm a little bit different from you guys. <laughs> so, 
I was over mm. in Europe when this thing blew up. Mm-hmm. And this thing, the summer of 99, when me and Lindy were over in on this uh, deployment on the Kearsarge in the Mediterranean, this song, like, blew the fuck up, dude. Like, you would hear every car going by. You would hear every time you went into, like, a bar or whatever. This song was just ridiculous. It sounds about as bad as the Macarena back in the day. Oh, yeah, that was worldwide. Yeah, that's it. But it was that like, was as you know, as any car in Europe. That's funny. You know, this thing was just. Is there is up. there like a dubstep remix of that? That might actually be kind of interesting. <laughs> There's a dub dubstep remix of everything, so I'm pretty sure you could probably I, I find would, one. I, I would imagine. Probably. I'm almost tempted to look that up, but I feel like that might be a bad idea. <laughs> Which Mikey. means you're probably going to do it. So okay. Um, actually, I was going a different direction. What I was going to look up now was uh, I was th- for some reason I was thinking about um, the Aladdin remake and Will Smith, and and for <laughs> I'm thinking of old bad songs, and I was like, oh, Eiffel 65, Blue. You know what oh, I mean? Oh Lord, I thought about that <laughs> song earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's th- it's Throwback Tuesday, an accidental Throwback Tuesday here on the Sports Brew. Yeah, there you go. That's yep, enough. Of, yep. That's enough of that. <laughs> there are a bunch of remixes for uh, Mambo Number no. Five, but they're nothing. None of it's called like dubstep. It's like trap remix and stuff like that. Mm. So it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, pretty trap. much. <laughs> uh, it, it, did we get to what you had for Mark, or did we somehow run over that with all the <laughs> yes, stuff? Yes, the Lenny Dykstra. The, okay, yeah, the, the, the Dykstra yeah. deal. Oh, all right, fair so, enough. All right, so so all right, Super all right. Bowl, Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl, and I, I know that we've run over you a lot of times. So um, no, you're, you're fine. I guess I'm, 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 my my thoughts are pretty 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 brief, but but yes, I mean I'll make that clear that I was trolling about the you know, gaming <laughs> shit. I, I obviously was not the result I wanted. I was rooting for the Rams hardcore. Uh, but uh, but no, I can I can see how how I mean, it was close the entire game. I, it doesn't have to be a shootout to be a good game. Uh, I think my main frustration, uh, mm-hmm. I, I still I can't call it a great game or a super compelling game. But I think I, I definitely blame the Rams more than I do the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots obviously didn't you know put up much you know in the offensive department either. But I just think that if McVeigh is supposed to be this offensive mastermind I, I didn't see any kind of adjustments that impressed me or Not made enough. me think that's that no Not nowhere enough. near enough and I, I know it's easy to say in hindsight I obviously wanted it beforehand as well but it's easy to say in hindsight but I'm really hard-pressed to think that Sean Payton and the Saints get held to three points or less by that Patriots team worldly different game Game plan be different for both teams. Well, sure. I, I know it's 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 not it's not necessarily an apples and oranges or simple comparison, but I just don't think that Sean Payton gets out coached the same way that Bill Belichick out coached Sean McVay. Not likely. Um, granted, there was a trend down with the Saints as far as offensive output over the back half of the season. I mean, the Rams had the same issue. Keep in mind sure. that in this game, uh, for the Rams in particular. Okay, they came in averaging about just under 33 points a game. They scored three in the Super Bowl. That was their lowest offensive output under McVay. Okay, that's 36 games. So a decent sample size. 
27 of the Rams' 60 plays went for zero or negative yards. Same. I mean, that, that, that's, that's 45% of their plays <laughs> got them nothing or pushed them backwards. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's what, what the Patriots accomplished defensively is tremendous. They, they never, they never, they never got in the red zone. Correct. The Rams had look. When you talk about the red zone in this game, keep in mind the Rams had zero red zone, red zone, red zone, red zone snaps. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Rams had zero red zone snaps. The Patriots only had one, and that was after Gronk hauled in that catch in the fourth quarter. That was the Sony Michelle touchdown. Okay. The, the Patriots only had one. They are the only team, by the way. There are eight teams that have either had zero or one red zone snaps in the Super Bowl. The Patriots are the only one to ever win the game. The only one. And part of the tale of this is really how well those defenses... Look, I'm not going to say the game was perfect. But those defenses were on point. That, I mean, you know, you can't fault what Wade Phillips uh, and what the Patriots collectively brought on defense. They schemed well. They executed at a high level. Those defenses were legit. He has such a good plan. He, he, you know, you can't blame Wade Phillips for that game at no. all. They're that, off, that, they're, they're that, offensive that falls down. on McVay you, you, all the way. You can't blame Phillips and you can't blame Heckert. <laughs> no. You can't blame I the mean, punter. Right? You only give up 13 to the GOAT, you you better win that game. Well. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm one so, of the. Like you give up 13 to the fucking I, I know, GOAT, I know, man. I know. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, once we have some separation – was it the most thrilling Super Bowl I've ever seen? No. no. Was it the most compelling Super Bowl I've ever seen? No. Was it the prettiest Super Bowl I've ever seen? Hell no. It was beautifully ugly, I think is what I referred to it at, uh, in the chat. And instead of having these real big moments that were it was an offensive explosion or a, you know a pretty deep ball, what ended up happening is that it was these occasional plays where there was a slice of opportunity for both teams and one of them would take it away from the other. Or they, you know what I mean? The defense would step up. And quite frankly, Jared Goff just isn't, I don't know what his career is going to be, but it's clear that in this particular game, at this particular time in his career, he was not ready for what the Patriots brought defensively. And you, you know, I mean, it, it, that's just what it was. You know, they did a masterful job of setting him up where they they weren't going to give them easy pre-snap reads. They weren't going to give him, you know, uh, because they had that thing with McVay in the headset and they'd they'd be talking about all this stuff. They took all of that away from him so that he would be forced to make adjustments and on-field reads sub-15 seconds when he no longer has McVay in his ear hole. You know, and they did that on that strategic. That's brilliant. It, of course, it was. And don't forget that the Lions gave the Rams all kinds of problems. And what did yep. they do? They did the same thing. They played quarters, which is what the, the the Patriots played a lot of quarters defense. They played quarters with them, which gave them a hard time. And they did a really good job of having of forcing them, 
into situations where you had you needed golf to make late quick reads and think about that that throw to uh to cooks that was just a tick too late now yes it was a, a wonderful play defensive recovery and play by mccordy but if golf had seen cooks with any reasonable amount of time he should have been able to hit that dude going to the end zone or in the end zone and he couldn't uh yeah absolutely. okay that's on, definitely that's on golf that's a credit to the patriots defense yes but that shows you where golf's at. This is not, I don't mean that as an overt criticism of golf. It's just that the Patriots game plan was fantastic and they boxed it. They forced him into a weakness and they weren't good enough to overcome that in the game. That's coaching brilliance is what that is. You know. I mean, this, this was the one time where it showed that the game was bigger than golf. I kept on reading and hearing like around the NFL podcast, stuff like that, mm-hmm. listening to them. They talked about how during the national anthem, you could tell Goff was nervous, that he had a lot of energy built up. You could see him fidgeting, everything like that, that he just wasn't calm. He wasn't mm-hmm. ready. Mentally, he just was overanalyzing everything, it seemed like. And <clears throat> you could see in his throws and his decision-making that he just wasn't there, that the Patriots' defense kept kept hitting him, keeping him out of rhythm, making sure that he just didn't have the time necessary to make the proper throws. And like you said, that one play by McCourty, which was a brilliant play by him to hustle. And that's the thing. Cook should have come down with that ball regardless. That's one of those passes where you had both your hands on it and you got it knocked away at the end. That's on you. Well, he had two and of this, those, uh, and he had two of those. This, exactly, Cooks had a, another one. And, you know, granted, we got to you know, it wasn't exactly the best throw by Golf, but still, Cooks got his hands on it, and he he got it ripped away from him. You you know, one of my favorite wide receivers who probably I mean, you know, maybe he's not going to get a lot of gloss at this point, but I loved Anquan Bolden. And one of the reasons I loved Q was that that dude, if there was a ball in front of him, that mofo would fight like hell for that damn ball. You know what I mean? That, that is a dying breed of receiver. You don't see many receivers fight for the ball like <clears throat> Bolden did or Fitzgerald does still. Mm-hmm. It's just it's you not something. Balls. <laughs> it's yes. not something that can be taught. It's a rare has, breed. Exactly. I mean, you don't see a lot of today's receivers who are younger go for the ball like guys like Fitzgerald and Bolden, Jerry Rice back in the day, or even some of the other guy Brett wide receivers didn't get talked about a whole lot. Like I mean, Marvin, about, Marvin yep. Harrison, uh, Reggie Wayne, Trey we can go back Brown. To, we can uh, go back to Sterling Sharp back in the day, or yeah. Andre Risen at the peak of his career. Moss. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, Moss just burned. Moss roasted people. He he was he was a different beast. But I mean, yeah, Cooks, but even if it was thrown up in the air, he would go get it. I, I know. mean, Gronk Gronk to a uh, you know. Sure. The biggest issue is today. A lot of today's wide receivers are almost as big a prima donnas as some of the quarterbacks are. Mm, maybe some. I, mean, I didn't say all. I said some. I mean, Q, Q was a bit of a different breed. I mean, if I remember correctly, didn't that guy play oh. through a wired? Like he got his jaw broken and he played. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know, like, like he he caught a touchdown pass where he got concussed on the play. Like mm-hmm. it was a whole another breed of player. He was one of those guys that looked for contact. 
He was like, come hit me, I dare you. That was <laughs> Anquan Bolden. So before we get too far removed from it, Mark, I, I think we may have uh, run over where whatever you were trying to say or wherever you were trying to go. Um, yeah. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to tie up kind of where you were uh, going with that before we get. But you know, I mean, you know, at this point of the night, you know, we're gonna we're gonna tangent hop and topic jump. It's oh, just gonna sure, happen. Sure. So, um, but I, I don't know what your timeline is. So I want to try to be mindful of that. So, yes, you were trolling. Yes, you were teasing. Yes, I think some of that's the, you know, you want to kind of twist the knife for the Giants fan and, you know, all that other stuff. But at some point, it's just almost an insurmountable insurmountable amount of, like, Patriots gloss that's inescapable for what they've accomplished, yeah. right? So, yeah, I'm disappointed with the Rams, too. I'm dis- I thought the Rams would do more than they did. The in-game adjustments were weak, and that – is, is a line of demarcation and a bit of separation between where McVay and Goff are in their careers and where Brady and Belichick and that team, the Patriots team, are in their careers and what they do. Oh, yeah. And and, 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 and not just Goff, but, I mean, why wasn't Gurley used more? What's, mm-hmm. what's the deal with his situation? Uh, how healthy is he? Uh, and, and runs and runs in general. Their run game just wasn't utilized right. It didn't feel like very, very, very few things can be looked at on the ramp side offensively yeah. as as done right not nothing really i guess uh sadly uh you know you don't get in the red zone and you don't you score three points uh that's that's probably going to be pretty hard to justify much of the offense so um i you know i i i didn't hate it um i was disappointed by the result but i, I it, it, calling it like one of the worst ever and things like that not true it, I mean, wasn't, it wasn't sexy a, no, it wasn't. It wasn't sexy, but but it was it was a close game. Certainly, you know, one or two things, you know, switch around a big play for the Rams. I mean, one one big play could, mm-hmm. for the Rams could have changed that entire thing. Yes. Um. So you know that that there there was that. Um. But yeah, it wasn't sexy, so I get it. But you know, I I, I guess <laughs> both 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 for personal interest and because we all know, you know, about the 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 conference championships, I'm hard pressed not to have just wish like ah all right if this is the result we're getting damn it i really wish we could have seen the saints you know saints patriots super bowl uh i wanted it before the super bowl happened uh and uh, definitely afterwards i still have that same taste in my mouth yeah um but you know uh i will i'll happily tip my cap to to, to 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 brady and the pats uh and congrats to lindy i mean it's 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 unbelievable i mean that there's there's really you know uh, there's no need for me, eh, nor nor am I going to give all the adjectives that everybody wants to uh, t- toss on them. But they they've earned them. Um, it's it, it may not have been sexy at all. Honestly, it was probably a pretty bad game by a lot of their standards. But you know, for what? for casual so fans, that was not an enjoyable game. No, right, right. For and I, I think that's one of the things that's tough is the Super Bowl is one of those deals where people that don't normally watch football watch it you know yeah. uh, and part of that's for the commercial that chunky milk commercial by the way <laughs> oh wow that was that rough was, yeah. uh, that was gross but i mean for for people that aren't really football fans that game that, of thrones commercial was awesome the game of the, the that game was of, badass the, the, to me the two best commercials by far were the nfl 100 yep. kind of deal that was brilliant and the Game yep. of Thrones Bud Light crossover was brilliant. Those two were absolutely incredible. But I will remember the Chunky Milk one probably for the rest of my life. That <laughs> for the was, wrong reasons. Of for course, the wrong reasons. 
Yeah, exactly. that, that one was gross, um, but effective. Gross. That that in the whole, I forget who the actor was, but the the uh, I'm in I'm close in your face guy because I use whatever that 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 I don't even remember what the product was, but him uh, close mouth talker guy was funny. I think it was like Colgate toothpaste or some Maybe, shit. I, I can't like remember that. if it was mouthwash or toothpaste. I've already forgotten that part. But the the commercial was Ooh. interesting. But chunky milk, man. Woo. Whoa. 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 That was awful. Um, I, and I. I oh. Really quick uh, commercial commentary, I'd say, is that uh, I've enjoyed most of the Bud Light like castle themed ones, but yeah. to me, deciding to go with that pivot for all their Super Bowl commercials of highlighting their they're not using corn syrup is an odd choice to me. I, I just I recognize it as as maybe a good one. I mean, I know corn syrup is not 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 a good good thing, but like to me, are are beer drinkers of light beer really that's of taken that aback category by the use of, of light syrup? beer? Uh, uh, Peter Griffin, your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my, oh my God, God. Who the hell cares? <laughs> exactly. I mean, so, so, suddenly, Bud Light drinkers can be like, oh my God. Or, or all the others can be like, oh, these bastards are giving me corn syrup. Bud Light all the way. It's, it's time to make. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, what's next? They're going to do a Miller Light commercial where they talk about how they're. It's made a goat piss. I mean, what the hell? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it, I guess it's an interesting bit of separation in that particular category. Um, I was, you know, I, I picked up some beer for the podcast. I went out and um, because, I, you know, I, it was just time for a beer run. And, you know, I bought like a four pack of four. I got the IPA X and I got a legend 25th anniversary double IPA. And I got a six pack of this, you know, victory uh, hop whopper or whatever it was. Uh, what did I call it? Hop Wallop IPA. Uh, and then I got a, a couple other things. And I mean, I spent like 50 bucks. And I was looking at the guy and I was like, man, the only time I miss cheap beer is when I have to pay for the expensive stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't miss drinking the cheap beer, but I miss paying for the cheap beer. Cause I, you, I hear you, bro. You know what I mean? Yes. Because um, that, 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 that part's tough. Yeah. At the end of this month, we shall be receiving our uh, Costco checks, so we can go get us the uh, quote-unquote cheap beer. Yeah, rebate. <sighs> Have you ever bought the, the Costco The rebate beer? check, uh, get us a little uh, Richmond Lager, get you a Stone IPA. Yeah. and uh, uh, Either Three Knots or some Stone, yeah. Uh, there um, you go. Have you, ever, ha- have you ever bought the Costco beer, beer sampler? I'm semi-curious. I just don't know that I'm willing to, to spend the money on it. <sighs> But I'm semi-curious because most of the Costco stuff is actually pretty good. I just don't know who actually brews it for them. Right. We we may have to go halvesies on that one. <laughs> halvesies? Okay. We can do that. We, we may have to do that. All right. Just, just, um, just for shiggles and for the podcast. Mark, just for you, jumping back, because I know we referenced the conference championship games. And I think there's always going to be, as far as the Super Bowl, this is less about the Patriots and more about the Rams. Um because they didn't get it done, right? I think there will always be the what if in regards to the Saints. But I but do keep in excuse me, do keep in mind that the last two games, the Patriots held the Chiefs and the Rams to zero points in the first half. Now the Chiefs were able to adjust and they lit it up late. Okay, the Rams not so much. Okay. I would like to believe that, yes, the Saints would have done a better job of in-game adjustments with a veteran quarterback, with a long-term veteran head coach, with the offensive weapons that they have. I think they would have done a better job in-game. That would have been interesting to see. However, again, understand that 
the Patriots held the Chiefs and the Rams to zero points in the first halves of both of the both of those games. Okay, so they locked the Rams down for really the, the really the whole game. All right, in the 18 games prior to Super Bowl Sunday, the Rams had scored at least three touchdowns in 14 of those games. The Patriots are the fourth team, okay, to defeat two teams averaging 30-plus points per game in one postseason. Now, this is where you're going to get a little bit of satisfaction as a Giants fan because the 2011 Giants are one of those teams. Okay? It's the 1966 Packers, which I wouldn't have guessed by any stretch of the imagination uh, because of the era. The 66 Packers, the 2011 Giants. Anybody want to wager a guess at the third team? You know the Patriots are the fourth. Hmm. Recent. How about this? After the 2011 Giants. Okay, sorry. I'm a bit out of it due to the alcohol I've been drinking. All right, say the question again. Exactly. The the Patriots are the fourth team to defeat two teams averaging 30-plus points per game in one postseason. All right, so high-scoring offense. They took out two high-scoring offenses. They took out two teams averaging more than 30 points per game. All right, the the, the Patriots are the fourth. The 66 Packers, the 2011 Giants. We have one team right that we haven't guessed yet, and then the Patriots. Can y'all guess who the other team is? The only team that actually comes to mind is the Seahawks. Nope. No, so well, I, I figured with the Broncos that year that Shannon, wasn't the Broncos. Shannon, think Sex Panther. Maybe it was the Ravens. It was the 2012 Ravens. Oh, wow. Flacco mm-hmm. Rainbow, baby. The Niners had been actually averaging 30 points a game that year? Okay. Well, I, I, I don't know that it was the Niners. It, it didn't say the Super Bowl. It's just 230. Oh, okay. Two thirty-plus points per game. Well, team. Broncos for sure. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking was mm-hmm. the Super Bowl included. So, well, okay. the Super Bowl is included. It's just in one postseason. You have to take out two teams that were averaging okay. more than thirty-plus points per game. So, gotcha. it's, it's a significant achievement. All right. Yeah. So, a couple of things. Now, the Rams on third down conversions in the first half, they were zero for five with a sack. Golf, by the way. All right, he was three of twelve when pressured, four sacks and a pick. The Patriots got pressure on him on 38% of his drop back. Okay, that's a 25% completion percentage, 3 of 12. All right, that's tied for the worst completion percentage by a quarterback who attempted at least 10 plus pa- at least 10 passes under pressure in the Super Bowl. You know, they got on him, they got after him, they got to him, and they couldn't adjust. And I think that's really, you know, we can fault the game for certain things. No, it wasn't sexy. No, it wasn't pretty. And in the year where offense really dominated the landscape, and God bless, I've thoroughly enjoyed Patrick Mahomes, okay? And I think the Chiefs are going to be, as as long as they don't have to gut the team to pay Patrick Mahomes, they're going to be fun to follow. Now, they may have to cut, they, they may lose some people to pay him. We'll see. But in, in the year of offense, in the year of all the all McVay this, McVay that, and the Chiefs this, and the Chiefs that, and offense this, and offense that, for the Super Bowl to come down to two defenses that m- largely new- you know, neutralized the other team was, to me, fascinating. 
and almost fitting in a weird way. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. But that was that was not that was not a pretty Super Bowl. That's not one I'd rewatch for fun. No. You know what I mean? Know. <laughs> that was the, like there there are games from this season that I would rewatch for fun and the Rams were involved in some of them. The Chiefs were certainly involved in some of them. Uh this isn't one I would rewatch be like, "Man, I can't wait to rewatch that game." It it was not that kind of game. But that doesn't diminish what you know, what what they accomplished. Who is snoring? Who's doing that? That would be D-Stat. He's in and out. <laughs> That's okay. So are the Rams, so it's fitting. Actually, they never, yeah. they, they never my were man, in and my out. Man is, my man's in and out. Yeah, he's done. He's done. <laughs> you, Holy balls. Throw, throw the mute button on my we're, man. We're th- uh, that was me last time. Yeah, I know. My man, I know. So apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently Mark is of the mindset that it was the super bore. <laughs> The super the bore. super snore. Yeah, the super, the super snore or the super bore, which obviously got referenced yeah. quite. A- <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. Fair enough. Oh, he's awake. Oh, oh, he's. I'm, I'm awake. Uh, yeah, buddy. He's back. He's trying. Look, you know, I was te- gonna, I was te- gonna, te- I was gonna Welcome give you back to the world of living. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's all good. I was gonna give you. I figured, you know what? If you're gonna go that direction, if you're gonna go that direction, not not one direction. I'm not gonna play that for you. That's not. What oh. I'm, that's not what I'm. That's not I what I'm looking for. On anybody? What the hell? Yeah, I'm just saying that that's that's not where I was gonna go. But I did want to play. Where the hell is this thing? Holy crap! That's all right. I'm, you know, I, ha- I have it in my notes. I have it in my notes. I was looking for the, I was looking for the tab that I opened for it, but quite frankly, I have, I probably still have fifty tabs open, so I can't necessarily find it. However, that's okay. I'll just, I knew where it was in my notes. Uh, since Mark is uh, clearly bored, I think he needs to hang out. <laughs> here you go. Here you go. This, this is, this is Trey Wingo has a message for you. Shut up. Just shut up. If you don't want to watch, then don't watch. Go watch the Raptors and the Knicks. Go do something else. But don't sit there for four flipping hours with your eyes glued to the game and say, oh, this is so boring, but I can't stop watching. Oh, it's so boring. Just shut the hell up. Oh, okay. I mean, give me a break. If you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. But don't watch the game and sit there and go, oh, I hate it. That's the worst. And you people that did that, you're the worst. The absolute worst. Yeah, Jerry, we'll tell them. I don't want to hear any of that garbage. If you don't want to watch the game, don't watch the game. But don't sit there watching the game and saying, oh, I'm so bored. I can't take it anymore. Give me a break. All right, I'm done. <laughs> wow. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know. It's a great soundbite, man. It is. I feel like I feel like somewhere. Like, See that that's tremendous because I know Trey's sister. Mm. They they don't have the best relationship, but uh, she's she's told me some good stories about Trey. So I'm sure that that's that's tremendous. But here's the thing: I I don't disagree with him. Right. I, I don't either. I I don't either because it it from our perspective. We want to see greatness. Yes. But the greatness we wanted to see was on offense and defense. We saw greatness on a, a defensive level that has we, been seen once before in Super Bowl history. But we saw what was 
equivalent to what an old school Super Bowl used to be. It was a, a you know battle of the minds. It was a, a chess game straight up, and we we see that back in the eighties and nineties a little bit. No, that. The, that that was the equivalent of the older brother putting the blindfold on the younger brother and the younger brother not being able to do a damn thing about it. I mean, we can we could reference the uh, Giants Ravens Super Bowl back in the day when that I mean that oh, low scoring affair. No, that that was that was not good. Well, no, I mean, not. that was what 35 to 7 and the only touchdown the Giants got was on a kickoff return. And, and, and the and and the Giants were one of those teams that had I believe zero Red zone snaps. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, and then the other one is this one: the Dolphins. I believe it was against the Cowboys, and it was the first of three straight Super Bowls for the Dolphins when they only got a field goal against the Cowboys. But the, I believe the following season was the ninety, uh, the seventy-two undefeated season. Well, okay, all right. So, so a couple of interesting oddities. And Mark, um, if you have to ripcord, just ripcord. Yeah, I, 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 Randy, are you flipping us off? By the way, now I am. Okay, <laughs> I just, I just looking at your head. I, it looked like you're oh. flipping us off there. Yeah, that's okay. So, hey, no, Mark, just, man, just, uh, just really want me to? I'll just hold them both up for hey, you hey, hey, right hey, here. Hey, thanks. Thank you, Stone Cold. Hey, we're, not, we're not talking about Duke anymore. It's fine. No. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not the one to sleep here. It's late, man. Look, it's late. It's almost 2 a.m. It's it almost happens. 2 a.m., man. Trust me. I yeah. understand. Yeah. We, we've all done it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. we, we, yeah. We've all, but, uh, even I've been guilty of it, just not with the same frequency as you, you know, you cunts, as Shannon might say. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, know, you, you just fall asleep on the mic. <laughs> you know what's great though is like i'll fall asleep and then i'll wake up and i'll pick right back up and run with it yes or you'll start repeating yourself one well of the two. that's what editing the podcast is for no, nobody ever knows <laughs> nobody ever knows i'm just kidding uh but anyway at no mark man you go and get out of here um i know i know begrudgingly you have to give them credit uh i know that's not extra satisfying at least you can hold your hat on the fact that you know, the Giants Always. have been able to, to uh, prevent them from having even more rings. I know you get a great deal of satisfaction, but, you know, I think people forget sometimes. You get enough separation, you kind of forget. Um, it's not like the Patriots-Giants Super Bowls were like, you know, point explosions. You know what I mean? Right. And when you look back at this game, both the Patriots left points on the field. Yeah, They dominated time of possession and plays early. They had the pick, obviously. They had a missed field goal, uh, and the Rams left a lot. You know what I mean? They, they just left a lot on the table. So you have you have a couple of plays that are within a couple of inches, or you know, it, it's just how football goes. But the Patriots don't necessarily give a crap about the stats. What matters is what the end result is, and so they're interesting because of that. And really uh, Belichick and the Patriots staff and those players, the game plan that they, they had, that they executed, that they put in place, that they pulled off is a credit to them. And I do think it's fair to be disappointed by what the Rams did and did not do because they should have been better than what they did in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they would have won, but they should have been able to accomplish more than that. And maybe there was a, a smidge too much knob slobbing on McVay and on that offense and on Goff 
Um, the Gurley thing is still questionable. I have, you know, I, I, it's just hard to imagine that Gurley, as much as he accomplished in the regular season, I know he had, he had the injury issues late. It's it's a head scratcher, you know. That's not the knock CJ Anderson, but it just didn't make it just didn't make a ton of sense. And quite frankly, if you're an offensive genius, uh, and I like McVay a lot, I like McVay a lot. Uh, but Lord knows we made a lot of fun of Brian Hoyer as a starting quarterback in Cleveland. But do you know how important Hoyer was for New England? Huge. Huge. You know why? Because he he played for Kyle Shanahan. All right. And that ties him to McVay. All right. So before the Super Bowl, Hoyer watched an episode of Peyton Manning's detail series on ESPN Plus on Jared Goff, and he realized that the offense was the same. And then he was looking at not just Rams tape, but then he went and he watched the All or Nothing series on Amazon about the Rams. And they had footage of the OTAs with McVeigh's first spring there, and Hoyer recognized the language. So he he was able to pass this on. <laughs> to, to the rest of the the rest of the Patriots, Hoyer was like, in, like you know they have insider trading with stocks. I mean, like Hoyer's out there like dealing all this information about stuff, helping to set up, helping to set that up, helping his new team, his current team, the Patriots, totally stick it <laughs> to the Rams, to McVeigh, and the golf. And again, this is not to take anything away from what McVeigh and the Rams did this year, but it does show you. In situational football, uh, in moments like this, those small advantages make a huge difference. And you can fault if you if you want to hate on the Patriots for different things, you can. But what they accomplish with the talent they have, with the way that they get it done, the way that they progress every single season, from preseason through the early part of the season, through the latter part of the season, and it sets the stage for what the playoffs will be and who they are. That's a team that is adaptable, flexible, and will morph what they need to do. And if they can find a weakness, if they can find something to attack you on and to, and to screw you with, they will find a way to do it. It's brilliant. You can hate them all you want, but it's brilliant. And they did outcoach McVay. They did. Oh, yeah. They did outcoach him. They did out execute that team. They, I don't. I'm not going to say they outcoached Wade Phillips, but they definitely outcoached McVay. Because the yes. Rams defense, you know, it's funny. I kept thinking the Rams defense was going to be what did them in. It was their offense that did them in, not their defense. I mean, you only give up 13 to the GOAT. Yeah. You did your job. Largest uh, side note, largest margin of victory for the Patriots in any of, in any of their Super Bowls. And it, it was an ugly one. But, you know, Mark, you can continue to hang your hat on the Giants versus the Patriots versus the evil empire <laughs> in the Super Bowls. You can have that, but but Tom Coughlin's very much you know in a Belichick mold, you know, and, and it's just a, that's a tremendous thing. So enjoy that. You can still hang your hat on that. I don't have any hate for that. It, it it's hard to believe it's that long ago though. Yeah, it is. It, it, no, it doesn't feel like it. It it doesn't feel like it, but it's it's going back, which is odd. But uh, look, man, go get some rest. Go get some rest. Maybe by the yeah. time, um, I don't know, maybe in a month or two, we'll get a better feel for what actually happened to Gurley. Still doesn't make sense to me. 
I would imagine if you're a Rams fan, it definitely doesn't make sense to you. Now, to be fair, there were a couple of times he had good runs that got nullified by a hold. And I think for the most part they let him play, but there were a few moments that maybe you could com- nitpick and complain about, although in general they let him go. They let him play. But anyway, Mark, go get some rest, man. All right, much appreciated. It All right, dude. Fun as always. Yeah, it's good to uh, chat. Good to see you. Go get go some Giants. rest. Go Giants. Go Mets. Go Lakers. <laughs> all, all, all your go teams. Duke. All your team. Other than Duke, all your teams are suck buckets. So, that's <laughs> 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 accurate. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm a Redskins fan. I'm living in. The, I'm living in the dumpster fire. So. Yeah, it's true. Hey, look, man. Peter Shrinklage. Peter Shrinklage. We're, we're there. <laughs> other than Saquon Barkley, you have hope there. <laughs> very true <laughs> yeah both there alright man go get some rest we'll catch you a little bit later alright night folks night hey, bro peace out <laughs> alright where are we at oh wow how did we get to that far goodness oh I don't know our game of thrones <laughs> it's, you know episode earlier where that could have been it's own podcast by itself Maybe it probably could have been. It probably it probably could have been. I'm probably <laughs> yes, distinct possibility. All right, I need Maybe? to. Yeah, I, I need to go water my grass. Um, Same here. It's, it's quite it's, thirsty. Uh, yes, uh, it's it's you know uh, I've joked around with you before, but um, I don't know that I'll ever be able to live somewhere again where I can't readily just go water my lawn um, without being encroached by the neighbors i love the fact that i have enough room that i feel like i can <laughs> i'm at liberty to go outside and make it rain pac-man jones would be ha- well there's no strippers so pac-man <laughs> would be that happy but outside of that r kelly would be proud r kelly would be delighted is that too soon too soon on that one well of course i i'm peeing alone r kelly uh, rarely does i think (laughs) (laughs) well hmm, hmm, hmm. all righty then i didn't know that coolio's uh, i didn't know that coolio actually did this song dedicated he should have dedicated this to r kelly well we know what one and two are r kelly's gonna have to answer what three and four are Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's nasty. Anyway, um, here let's just. I'm gonna go water the grass. I'll be right back. Let's top the Super Bowl after that. I'm just, I'm just gonna pause. Okay. Yes, sir. Woo! Went out and watered the watered the lawn, man. Watered the grass. Watered the trees, as they would say. Hashtag America. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right, well, we have a couple of things to tie up with, with the Super Bowl, and uh, I guess whatever other randomness comes out of the, the end of this podcast. But uh, that's okay, man. Let's have a little fun. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's hard not to echo Mark's sentiment. I think a lot of people feel that way as far as some disappointment with the Rams. But, you know, again, I think a lot of that is really you have to give a tip of the cap to the Patriots for their defensive <laughs> efforts. And, you know, a lot of times when you, when you watch game highlights, you have these offensive moments that kind of pop through where they take advantage of opportunities. And this game kind of flipped that a little bit where there were some opportunities and the defenses really, you know, took care of them and, and, and you know, just made plays. I mean, you think of that interception. Um, and I wish I meant to talk about the bets uh, with Mark while he was still here, but 
you know, Brady throwing that pick on that first drive, man. That was nuts. You know, first pass I, of the game. For his first pass. And there was a guy there was a guy that won a, a big monstrous parlay bet uh on that. Uh but anyway, um you know, it's just it, a couple of very, very ridiculous things. But, you know, you think about uh, certainly McCourty. You think about, you know, the Gilman pick, uh, or excuse me, Gilmore. Um, you think about that pick late in the game, late in the fourth quarter. It, it, was, it was a great play. And, again, some of that was set up by not just execution, but prep. You know what I mean? Film study, game prep. Uh, and being ready in the moment, you have to give credit, man. Um, Absolutely. And I, I think I got his name wrong twice. Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah, third time's a charm. <laughs> well, and if there was uh, no no relation to Happy Gilmore. <laughs> no, no relation to Happy. Well, well, and if there was a player who could have gotten the MVP other than Edelman, I mean, Gilmore was probably the best defensive player out there, considering all the plays he did make phenomenal phenomenal you know in a game that was limited as far as highlights Edelman was big in moments Gronk was big in in some very clutch moments Gilmore was obviously huge uh in a couple of moments and and McCourty and you know it's funny to me you think back to uh the progression of the game when the rant excuse me when the Patriots lost Patrick Chung early in the third quarter I'm like oh man this is the Rams opportunity this is their opportunity that a, space. That was a brutal yeah, injury. That that was tough. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he get knocked out last year versus the Eagles with a he concussion? Did. Yeah. You know, it's just it. There were moments in that game, and we talk a lot about you know situational football and these these little slices of opportunity. And again. The league blew the deal as far as that no call in that Saints game. We know that. Yeah. You can make a, a credible argument that the Saints, the Saints should have been there, but they weren't. And that's not to take away from the Rams. The Rams were a good team, but you know what? What the Patriots did was next level stuff. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't sexy, but damn, it was effective. Okay, but in a game where you have these small margins for error. The Patriots just got them, you know, and the Rams had opportunities. The Rams had multiple opportunities to convert or to make a play or to get something done. And, and they consistently couldn't do other than Heckert, who was on point as a punter for whatever that's worth. You know, they just couldn't get it done. I mean, golf ha- had a freaking false start as a quarterback. <laughs> How often do you see that? Not very. How often do you see that? But I mean, but it really showed just how mentally he just wasn't prepared for the game. Yeah. Well, maybe that's part of it. Maybe some of it's the big stage, some of it's the Super Bowl inexperience. And, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things. At this point in the season, at this level of the season, the Patriots, they've just been through virtually anything and everything as a team. You know, they've they've spent so much time in the playoffs. They've spent so much time in big, big situations, the bright lights, however, whatever cliche you want to use, they've been there, you know. Uh, and, and it's just one of those things that they can handle it. And you have to not only bring your A game, you have to play your A game. 
and this was not an A game for golf. It was not an A game for the Rams. The defense, I think, did a commendable job on the whole, uh, although they certainly had some issues late in the game uh, when the Patriots went. You know, I think they went uh, jumbo. And, you know, and Edelman was clutch many times over in that game. So, you, again, you have to give credit where credit is due. And I do think it would have been a different Super Bowl if the Saints had been in. I'm not saying the Saints would have won, but it certainly would have had a different flow, uh, vibe, and feel. And I think the Saints and, uh, you know, Peyton and Breeze would have been much better at in-game adjustments. Um, I'm not going to go so far as to call it the Super Bowl. I don't think that's fair to it. Um, although, you know, I don't know if there was more action in any given moment than the post-game scrum when Tracy Wolfson was trying to interview Tom Brady. Um, that was bananas. But the 16, you know, the 16 combined points are the lowest total total score in Super Bowl history. Um, it beats the previous low of 21, which was, um, you know, Super Bowl seven, I believe, in 1973. Uh, that was the Dolphins uh, beating the Redskins 14 to seven. Yep. So Gar uh, Uprinium game. If yeah, I'm not that's, mistaken. That sounds about right. Drunkenly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and the refs largely let him play. Um, You know, Aaron Donald, you know, uh, got Brady pretty good. Uh, No flag was thrown on that. I mean, I'm not saying that was Alliance er, AF level. but The the Game of Thrones uh, officials believe that was legal. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. And perhaps some of that's a spillover from the Saints-Rams debacle. Perhaps some of it is... You know, they're not going to call something unless it's egregious. I mean, they, they, they certainly let them hand check, hand fight, get a little physical, which I prefer. Uh, let them play a little bit. Um, I, I, that, Olivia Newton-John, bro. I know. Let, let's get physical. <laughs> for sure. Uh, six Super Bowl, by the way, for Bill Belichick, and certainly uh, the third in the last five, year for, uh, last five years for the Patriots. So it's a tremendous accomplishment. <laughs> Uh, look, at the bottom line is no other quarterback or head coach has more than four, and the only other head coach-quarterback combo is Nolan Bradshaw in Pittsburgh. I mean, they had four, but you're going back a long time, and you're digging deep for that. Uh, same thing with if you talk about Belichick and, you know, George Hallis and Curly, Lam- you know, Curly Lambeau, it, most NFL titles won by a head coach is six. Uh, you know, again, you're digging deep. Now, he's got more rings than that, but I'm you factor in other things he did with the Giants, et cetera. Um, but it, it, it's a tremendous accomplishment for Brady, for the Patriots organization, for Belichick. And I, I think it shows you the difference between you know, where they're at and where a young coach. And I like McVay. Um, I don't love golf, but I think, you know, he, I don't think he's hit his ceiling yet. And some of the things that he struggled with in this game, should he continue to progress in his career as a quarterback, he'll be better prepared to handle, you know, but it's, it, it's just hard not to walk away thinking, a lot of what if, uh, what if with Todd Gurley? What if with with adjustments? Yeah, the Rams were relatively close in the scoreboard, though. To me, it never really felt like they were going to take it away from the Patriots. Matter of fact, the longest drive of the night for the Rams was forty eight yards. Uh, they didn't convert. I mean, it was eight consecutive third downs that they they couldn't convert. Man, they had eight straight punts. They went eight straight punts, field goal, punt, interception, missed field goal. That that was their game. That's awful. And it, <laughs> one of the most interesting statistics I saw from this game, and it's random as balls. Yes, I said balls. During the halftime show, 
Big Boy drove further downfield during the halftime show than 58% of all the Rams drives. <laughs> In his car, dude. <laughs> wow. Random as <clears throat> hell. The Rams crossed their own 48-yard line on five of the 12 drives. Five of the 12. Big Boy drove further downfield in his own territory than the Rams on 7 of 12 or 58%. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, it, it, so I do it, have a question for you. Yeah. So because this does play a huge part in this, what are your thoughts on exactly what was going on with Todd Gurley? Was it mental or was he truly injured? Because honestly, he wasn't right. This wasn't the Todd Gurley we saw well, during the regular season. It wasn't. But I mean, you gotta give granted you gotta give credit to, you know, Patriots defense for having a great game plan on shutting him down. They did. But the fact of the matter is, is a lot of defenses usually plan well for Gurley and still can't shut him down. Well, it, to be fair, that's true. Time will tell if anything else comes out about Gurley from a physical standpoint. But they had C.J. Anderson, right, who had been balling. Uh, their play action wasn't as effective. Their run game wasn't as effective. Their passing game wasn't as effective. Their in-game adjustments weren't as effective. To me, it it's it was really a matter of the way that the Patriots schemed and played them to get pressure up the middle, to integrate uh, far more zone than they normally played, uh, to not show things early to make uh to make golf have to make late reads you know pre-snap i think they did a lot of things going after weaknesses for the rams and for their offense and for a young quarterback in, in a big moment and you know to be fair keep in mind there were a couple of times that Gurley had nice runs that got wiped out by a penalty and maybe the penalty helped him get the nice run but certainly not as productive as we expected but I, I think to, really at this point, looking back at the game and having rewatched part of it to prepare for the podcast, since we had some separation between the actual Super Bowl Sunday and where we're at today, I think a lot of that was just they, they out-schemed them, they out-executed, they out-coached them. And um, th they didn't give the Rams easy anything. Should Gurley have done more? Yeah. He should have. He didn't. Was that the best use of him in the game plan? I don't think so. I think McVay's already admitted he got out coached. Some penalties hurt, but I mean the Patriots just just did a great job of taking away the edge of not just plugging gaps but attacking, and that that really hurt the Rams. It really hurt the Rams. They didn't do enough. They didn't execute well enough. They didn't scheme well enough. There, there's layers to it. And uh, yeah, I don't know if, if Gurley's 80%, 90%, 70%, 95%. You know, I mean, certainly in the post game and thereafter, he, you know, talked about how blessed, you know, he was and they were to even be there, which is an acknowledgement of how hard it is to make it to the Super Bowl. But how can you know what I mean? Like, how can you be happy with that production? How can you be happy with that role? I don't know that you can be. You end up with a lot more questions than answers. 
So I'll be curious if anything else comes out in the wash um, as far as his state. It, again, it's just a head scratcher. As good as he was in a regular season, where was he? It's a letdown. And I don't know, perhaps the Super Bowl, you know, people that complained about it, you know, given what the AFC and NFC championship games were, um, the level of excitement, obviously with some controversy, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they were emotional roller coasters and the Super Bowl wasn't. I don't know when, when we were watching that here, I don't know that I ever really believed the Rams were going to take that from, from them or really threaten them even though the score was kind of close. You know, one thing that I thought stood out, you know, Gronk in the post game uh, said that basically it was the biggest team win he'd ever been a part of. That's a hell of a statement. You know, he talked about how they stuck together over the course of the season, uh, found their identity, and pulled it off as a team. Uh, and, and that's, you know, I, I mean, I think that, that that's like quintessential Patriots under Brady and Belichick. Well, I mean, given what we've usually seen from them, this especially this year, I feel like that statement definitely personifies what this team was all about more sure. so than previous seasons. Just mm-hmm. for the fact that it seemed like they always had to fight a little bit harder yeah. as a team to actually get wins and to get where they were at versus other seasons where it just seemed like, hey, let's just throw it to Gronk. There's the easy button. Let's just throw it to Edelman. It's the easy button. Yeah. This year seemed like they fought a lot harder, almost like age was starting to kind of catch up to them just a little bit, but they were still Maybe. just good enough that they could actually pull it out. And But you had also young guys like Sony Michelle that they were starting to showcase, like, hey, we still have these young guys who can come out and make a difference. But as yeah. a team, it was this is that one time where we just had to just bring it all together as a group versus one or two guys really just stepping out of their – stepping out and really making a lot of plays. Now, don't get me wrong. Edelman, you know, being Super Bowl MVP, he was amazing I mean, in was the first half. He was a beast. That the, Some of the routes that he ran, it was amazing to me that he got as open as he did. I mean, it really was. Look, he spent a lot of time doing option routes, and, and some of that really shows you the kind of chemistry he has with Brady. Uh, and maybe some of that, some of how he plays is shaped by the fact he was a quarterback um, way back when. But there was one sequence in that game where they ran essentially the same play like three or four times in a row. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they did move Edelman once, but, you know, when, when the Rams would adjust to try to take something away, they'd just go to somebody else. Whether it was Edelman or whether it was Gronk or whether, you know, it's just that's a masterful job and they were just slightly ahead of them. You know, you talked to so I don't remember if it was you or Mark, but we talked about, you know, it mentioned the, the, like the chess, right? The game of chess. Yeah. And that's, that's what that is, especially late season and these big moments. Again, kudos to the, the Rams defense. I thought that was going to get them, but it, it wasn't their defense that did them in. It was definitely their offense. This game showed the true experience versus mm-hmm. inexperience. It showed how much the Patriots were just more mentally prepared they were. than what we saw out of the Rams. Just because you had so many guys who've never been there before. I mean, and Dominic Sue's first ever Super Bowl, 
you know, and other other these other guys like Marcus Peters and just these veterans who get in that first taste, and it showed. It showed that they, that type of energy was just, that the nervous energy was there that they just mm-hmm. weren't ready. I honestly thought that given how good that defensive front was for the Rams, that they were at least going to be a difference maker, and they were. Do not get me wrong. They were, to an extent, Aaron, yes. Aaron Donald was a beast like he always was, but here's the thing. The Patriots wore them down because yes. the offense is inexperienced and just overall just not really good gameplay. I, I want to say Even, that the Patriots ran 44 plays in the first half. They did exactly what they needed to do. They did it just like they what they did with Kansas City. They ran the ball a ton. Mm-hmm. They wore that defense out, mm-hmm. and the defense and their defense came up with big timely stops when it was needed. And like you said, it was what eight straight punts at one point yeah, for the Rams. Ridiculous, ridiculous. If you're ridiculous. talking about a two to one time of possession battle. When that fourth quarter came around, it showed. Especially when the Patriots just ran the ball down there, punched it in for the only touchdown of the game, and that's when you knew it was over. <laughs> Uh-oh, we lost Shannon. <laughs> First it's D-Stat, now it's the Twitter Terminator. We're, 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 we're wearing everybody out on this. Uh... <laughs> like the Patriots did the Rams. <laughs> Hey, McGuffin, man. McGuffin, what you doing? Shannon. Not to be a cunt, it's Christmas. Take the Santa's The rest of us are doing our best to be jolly. So don't go looking like you swallowed a bunch of holly. Don't shout at carols, sing and tell not to stop. Don't buy your presents from the Oxman shop. I can't believe we lost McGuffin. Clearly. You got knocked the fuck out, man! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll mute him for the time. <laughs> I'll do that. It's kind of the same thing that the Colts should do to, uh, you know, Ersay. <laughs> by, there you go. By the way, by the way, did you see Ersay talking about the GOAT standard for NFL teams? And, um... He said, quote, I've discussed the seemingly impossible goal with many NFL circles over the last half century. Three world championships in a row. No one's done it. Colts fans, dream boldly. Bro. Come on, man. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Three peats are not easy. That, that's, that's rough. Now, it, technically, it has been done before, but not in the Super Bowl era. If you're talking about right. the NFL history, and which will make Whitfield happy, the Packers have done it twice. But you're talking about like NFL history in the Super Bowl era, no dice, you know. But I don't think that's how you measure that. I don't. I don't know that there's yeah. a vacancy uh, for it 
my friend. And before you start talking about three peats, how about you just get there and do a do it do it once, and don't raise the stupid banner. Yeah, he's Stop. the last person that should be talking about no. that sort of thing. Zip, zip your pie hole. Zip your pie hole. Uh, kudos to the Patriots, by the way. 37-20 playoff record. The 37 win sets the NFL playoff record, breaking a tie with the Steelers, which, of course, has to really <laughs> bug the balls out of Steelers fans. Uh, by the way, Antonio Brown, AB saying bye-bye to Pittsburgh. Let's see how that works out, considering he still has, I believe, three years left on his contract. Good luck with that. Side note, I didn't realize he was 31. Holy crap, yeah. did he age quickly. So I would imagine he's clearly fishing for one last great contractual hurrah. Uh, we'll see how that works. We'll see. That's a bold strategy, Cotton, as we like to say. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see if that works out for him. Uh, this is also the first Patriots Super Bowl win in which they never trailed in the game. And I did mention before the largest margin of victory for them. 13-3, uh, <laughs> to 3, I mean, it's 10 points, but... Side note, the uh, the Patriots are the third team in NFL history to lose a Super Bowl and then win the following year. So they lost to the Eagles last year, and of course this year they beat the Rams. We already talked about the Dolphins, the 72 Dolphins. They lost to the Cowboys, and then they followed that up by beating the Redskins in their perfect season. Good for them. And then the other team is the 1971 uh, Cowboys, who beat the Dolphins after losing to the Colts. But when we talk about GOAT, and we jo- we've joked around about the GOAT thing, and certainly there's some subjectivity to this stuff. That's fine. But at some point, the the volume, the stats, the rings, you can still argue about it, but you, you can't deny what they've accomplished. So a couple of things that are interesting about Brady, um, 17 seasons between, and I'm, I don't know if this will be absolutely be his last Super Bowl I'm sure plenty of people hope that it will be, but 17 seasons between his first title and his last title. This is very, very elite company. You want to guess at least one other person that's done this, Randy? No, you're talking about how many years between their first and their most recent title? 17 seasons between their first and their most recent or their last particular title. It doesn't mean it's the only title. It's not, I'm not saying it's one or two. But between their very first championship, this is not restricted to the NFL, to be clear. Okay, okay. Okay, so 17 seasons between the first title and their most recent or last title. If you hmm. if you just throw one name out there and get it right, that I'll tell you the others. This is a very, very, very short list. But for Brady, oh. it's the most in NFL history. So by Makes default, sense. you got to go MLB or NBA. MLB. There's two. If I had to think MLB, I wish they'd been to more because the first person that comes to mind when I think MLB is Derek Jeter. Nope. Um, which, yeah, I knew that wasn't right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I'll give you one. Okay. Jim Palmer. Oh, that's, wow. That's one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. All right. The second. Old school, an old school all timer, like old absolute all timer. I mean, when I think old school all timer, I think Babe Ruth. Correct, Babe Ruth. All right, so there's your two from MLB. I, I I told you this is a very very short list. 
Okay. Before mm-hmm. I give you the NBA, I'll give you the 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 NHL, the Stanley Cup. Chris Chelios, twenty two seasons between his first and last Stanley Cup. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a gap right there. Yeah, that's crazy. That dude, that dude was amazing, and the fact that it just took so long for him to get back there. That's just insane. I will but give yeah, you. It, I will give you one hint for the NBA. Okay. Skyhook. Oh, you're you're, you're talking to me. The Skyhook. I mean, you're talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Correct. Correct. <laughs> That's a short list, dude. That is a short list. That's a short like, list. And I think the Twitter Terminator has uh, arisen. Oh, has he? Hey, let's go back to Skype. Let's unmute him. Let's hey. unmute his ass. Uh-oh. Uh, well, let me unmute him? Are you Aww. kidding me? I'll just hang up on him, then we'll call him back. <laughs> <laughs> that works well enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll add him. Hey, what are you going to do, man? I can't help that. Very true. It's a, if it's a Skype limitation, it's a Skype limitation. You can't argue that. <laughs> no. <clears throat> now, Brady, of course, is the oldest starting quarterback to win a Super Bowl at 41 years of 184 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun factoid. 28 players have won four Super Bowls, and wow. uh, you will not be surprised that a lot of Steelers and a lot of 49ers. Right. Um, Charles Haley has five. It's only one. And of course, now that tie is broken, and Brady is the only one with six. What's fascinating is uh, keep in mind that Brady has won more Super Bowls as a player than any other player has even played in. Wow. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's a pretty that's a pretty wild thing. Uh and one of the one of the topics that was popular in sports radio kind of after the Super Bowl was really centered on Julian. I mean we I mean Brady, we know he gets talked about ad nauseum. Duh. But was the whole notion of Julian Edelman and is he encroaching on at least a Hall of Fame debate? Uh however you feel about that, I think the discussion is warranted. All right, as a Super Bowl MVP, 10 for a buck 41, he's the seventh wide receiver to win Super Bowl MVP. All right, Santonio Holmes did it. Heinz Ward did it. Deion Branch did it. Of course, Jerry Rice did it. (laughs) Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan and Fred Bolitnikoff. So that's pretty rarefied air, you know, in total. Um, Edelman completely shook defenders a few times on his routes. There were several times nobody was within five yards of the guy. He had six first down completions in the first half. The Rams had two first downs. <laughs> he tripled them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but as a Super Bowl MVP, we can knock Edelman for maybe some regular season or just volume or just stats. But to me, if you understand who the Patriots are, that's not a stat-driven team, right? So I think it's an interesting dialogue. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. His career's not done. His career's not done. So we'll see what he ends up doing. But what he's done in the playoffs is next level. There's yeah. only one man, one player that he trails in multiple postseason categories. Jarrah! Jarrah. Jerry Rice. So if the only person you trail is is considered to either be the GOAT of the league or the greatest wide receiver at minimum, that's pretty damn good company. All right. Yeah. Edelman is a, has 115 postseason receptions. Rice has 151. One thing that Edelman does have, 
He has five plus receptions in 13 straight playoff games. That is the longest streak in NFL playoff history. History. Period. All right. Edelman has the most games with 100. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. There's a couple players. Rice is one. He's got eight. The most games with 100-plus receiving yards in the playoffs in the Super Bowl era. Jerry Rice has eight. Edelman has six. Michael Irvin has six. Again, rarefied air. So his career's not done. I'm not a guy that believes numbers are the only thing. I think numbers matter. I think when you get your numbers matter. And so I think he will be an interesting person to debate once his career is over. I will say this, though. Given where he started and what he turned into, right, the rise of his ability and his contribution as a player, and, of course, clearly his playoff performances, doesn't that have to at least get him in the discussion? I'm not saying it gets him in. But doesn't that have to get him in the discussion? Isn't that reasonable? Reasonable discussion, sure. I'm not I saying mean, I, he is, but I think it's a reasonable discussion. I think he's yes. worthy of discussion by far. I mean, I believe based on where he started, where he's gone, if you just base it off of that alone... Yeah, he's definitely in the discussion. If you take if you look at his playoff stats, I believe that he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I do believe he gets in. Not right away, it's gonna take maybe a few years, but he's earned it. I mean, to, like you said, to be number two behind Jerry Rice in the playoffs for all these stats. Now, granted, yes, it's not Larry Fitzgerald who is number two essentially all around in terms of just NFL history behind right. Rice. It's not some of these other guys like Terrell Owens who just got in and you know Randy Moss and players like that. But he's got longevity. He's got he's he's a part of an, a team that mm. is considered one of the greatest ever <clears throat> in terms of just franchise wise. And he's got an all-world quarterback who is also considered one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever lived. Sure. But again, we also have to look at some of these players, you know, and, and, and I don't think sports writers do this, but you look at the different eras and how they pan out in terms of this is how the 80s played out, this is how the 90s played out, this is how the 2000s played out. Right now we're just in a past-happy era where – a lot of these short, excellent route runners who are just fast get a lot of passes. I mean, Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, you know, well, Edelman. Look, it, it like I would not put Welker like Amendola was Welker light, right? But Am, to me, Edelman is a much different player that it, it's. We talked about Anquan Bolden earlier. Do you know what Edelman does? That mofo fights like hell for yeah. the ball. I liked Welker. I did. But that was really more about placement. And we used to joke around about him catching the ball and dropping down to the field. You know what I'm saying? Like the turf monster would take him out. Right? Now, granted, he needed to do some of that to avoid concussions. 
I, I was going to say, didn't he drop a pass that would have beaten Giants? Wasn't wasn't that the Super Bowl that uh, um, uh, Giselle was like, well, you know, <laughs> Tom Brady can't throw it and catch it or something like that? Um, yeah, I think so. Maybe. A little fuzzy on that one. But Edelman's different than, than Welker. You, you can talk about the function in the offense. Um, and, again, I, I like Wes Welker, but I don't view Wes Welker as a Hall of Fame caliber player. I certainly don't no. view Danny Amendola as that. Uh, and again, the you know Edelman's career is not done. Edelman to me is fascinating because of how he approaches the game, what he did to turn into the player that he is, and then his contributions on the team. But that dude is a baller. That's not just hey, I run a crisp route and I'll catch it and go down. That guy has a has an insane signature catch against the Falcons, which we mentioned earlier. That's ridiculous. He's he's clutch. He's I mean he's monstrously clutch in the playoffs. That counts for something. I don't think the Hall of Fame is the Hall of, the Hall of Fame is the Hall of Stats. Otherwise, right. people that just stat pet like Matthew Stafford, not a Hall of Famer, but he's no. going to have insane stats by the time he's retired and done. He'll have monstrous stats, but they're garbage, right? They don't mean a lot. Correct and. To me, the Patriots are the epitome of a team that are stats relevant from a box score standpoint. Yes. Do they tell? Do they paint part of the picture? Of course they do. But they're a piece of the puzzle. If you're stat-driven, then a guy like Edelman, maybe you go, eh, nah, not enough production. But if you're, if you understand the team concept and what they do and their approach, then his value is different, right? And I can appreciate that. Again, I, I think he at least gets himself in the discussion. He may not get in. He certainly, at this point, I wouldn't think he's a first ballot guy. But I think he'll at least, when he's done, and he should have several years left in him. I mean, look, if, if Brady can play to 45, I mean, Edelman should have three or four years left in him unless he loses all of his speed or something. Tears his ACL again. Then you never know, but Right. What he does and how he's performed um, in context, I think, are relevant um, and I think will warrant discussion. What happens after that, who knows? But I, I'm okay with that. I thought it was an interesting topic, and some people argued vehemently against him, uh, which is probably what will happen to him uh, unless he has a lot of productivity in the regular season. But I just, I think he's done enough in the postseason that he's made it. He's made a case. He's at least made the case for he, himself. He's made a case. He's in the discussion. He may not be in, but he's in the discussion. Uh, yeah. And and I think I think that's worthwhile. Uh, but I yeah, I love what he's done and, and what he's been able to accomplish. But I think his backstory is amazing. You know, we love the rise of Kurt Warner. Part of what made Kurt Warner fascinating was he was bagging groceries, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So for somebody to come in that's unheralded uh, or undrafted, or drafted late and not valued to really come in and, and and turn into a great player, I think matters. I think that's significant. It, it meant a lot for Kurt Warner and his story as a player, uh, and I think it means a lot for Edelman and his story as a player. Yeah. So, well, and I think for Edelman, it's he's kind of like almost kind of an evolution of mm-hmm. the wide receiver, um, but he also 
being a former quarterback understands. Yes. You know, having he understands the routes, he understands having yes. that rapport with Brady. So it makes it a little, probably a little bit easier for him to be able to go off route and have still have excellent timing with Brady going, hey, this is what I, if I see this when I'm up at the line, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Versus other wide receivers who are just going to do what they normally do. I still say Edelman definitely deserves to be in the conversation, no doubt. I don't see him getting in. Within the first couple of years, nah, there'll maybe, probably be a law jam. There'll probably be other maybe people that they push three around. or four after he's eligible. Maybe we'll we'll see what the rest of his career is. But he, the one thing you can say about Edelman is he is consistent. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're. It's one year he's way up here, the next year he's way down here. He's got a pretty steady medium, and then when the playoffs come, he just ramps it up to a yep. new level. Like play, play, play your best when it matters the most. Exactly. You know, if, if you do that, if you do that, you you tend to have good results. You know, and question you can sit there and question. Well, how much of that is him versus how much of that is the fact he's near Gronk? Uh, having, but, I mean, obviously, you know, being on the field with Gronk helps, but. But we've seen Gronk is not what we're used to seeing no, out of Gronk. He's not what he was, but some of that was also a design of what they did with the offense where they, you know, Gronk blocked a lot more this year. Yeah, he did. Uh, and that's yeah. by design. That That's not necessarily an indictment of Gronk. Some of that is what they elected to do offensively. And they did that in this game against the Rams. I mean, you know, Sonny Michelle's touchdown. He, two of the two two of the key blocks in that were Gronk and Devlin. And uh, I believe that every single one of Sonny Michelle's touchdowns was, in part, thanks to a Devlin block. My point is just that you can line people up and throw them throw them the ball in stat pad, or you can win the effing game, right? And if they care more about just finding ways to win, then the stats are meaningful, but they're not everything. If the stats meant everything, then Philip Rivers would have a, you know, a, a handful of rings. He doesn't, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> then, sure. then Dan Fouts would have rings all over the place. Dan Marino would have rings all over the place, right? Uh, James Harden would have rings all over the place, but he doesn't. So the stats matter, but they're not everything. It's the context of when you win and the stats you have when you win, you know, and that that's what separates out the Patriots. And I think that's part of the story with Edelman. Um, And when his career is done, whenever that may be, I think he, I, I, I believe he's played himself into the discussion and the playoffs has, Playoff legacy and accomplishments. Playoffs. Playoffs will weigh should weigh heavily in that discussion. Uh, we'll see. Uh, look, I know we need to wrap up and get out of here. So, a couple of things um, as far as wrap up thoughts. A few things I thought were kind of funny. Uh, the, the the New Orleans Saints uh, fans actually held a boycott bowl where they watched their Super Bowl from 2010. <laughs> that that I thought was funny. Uh, also, um, by, by the way, yeah. the trash can 
in my office it still has that uh hole in it from tracy porter yeah no uh, doubt <laughs> uh you you can't no doubt um, oh, there's our yes. word again there's our word um yes. i also love the uh newspaper. thank you game of thrones that's right thank you game. thank you game of thrones um i also loved uh the there was a newspaper in new orleans and they printed a their front page of their paper. Basically, <laughs> it was just, it was all blank, dude. They had the the name of the which is the the Times, uh, and then it was all blank except for two lines: Super Bowl. What Super? What Bowl? Super Bowl? What Super Bowl? I thought that was pretty damn funny. <laughs> okay, a little stupid, a little salty. Salt Bay says a know, little, a little salty, a little salty. But I thought that was you know kind of funny and again they felt like they got hosed and quite frankly they did they did get hosed again as somebody that loved brett Favre, my favorite player um i only have i have a very limited amount of football empathy for you <laughs> very limited very uh, few f's to give very few f's to give but y'all did get hosed uh but i thought that was hilarious that they did that <laughs> uh anywho Oh, the betters. I meant to tell you. I wish Mark was here for this one. Two bets that were pretty wild. One, uh, a $2 Super Bowl parlay won a guy $1,132. And so this guy, the parlay, was that there would be zero touchdowns in the first half of the Super Bowl and that Tom Brady's first pass would be intercepted. That was his parlay. Doesn't it sound like a dude that's down to his like last two dollars, yeah. and he's just like, "F it, let's hey, go deep." I can buy this out of the Coke machine, or I can drink water and lay a bet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what he did. So too bad he didn't drop twenty or two hundred on that one. He would have made some serious money. Uh, but that was he, pretty... he may have just said two bucks to his name. Who yeah. knows? Uh, but there was one guy that turned two hundred and fifty bucks into a uh, hundred thousand. Wow! Uh, that better put two hundred fifty dollars on the Rams to score exactly three points at four hundred to one odds. Wow! By the way, how much was that guy sweating on Legatron at the end? <laughs> what? <laughs> please miss, please miss, please yeah. miss. That had to be one of those like. Uh, you know, when they show those those Vegas betting rooms and you're like, why are these guys going bananas? For, you know what I mean? It's like something <laughs> bad that happens. And you're like, oh, because they're a bunch of damn degenerates. That's why, you know, and you kind of forget that uh, because they, they bet for these random things and these sucky things that happen to people and to teams. But uh, not at 250 and 100,000 bucks. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, also, one Saints fan, um, I don't know if this is Peter Shrinklage worthy, I'm not, I'm not sure, uh, but one Saints fan who was determined to not watch Super Bowl 53 uh, got his wish because he died before oh, the game. Man. <laughs> 65-year-old Henry A. Jom, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly. Okay. <laughs> he went. To, I like this on Daily Snark. He went to extreme lengths to avoid the big game. He died hours before kickoff. <laughs> his, uh, that is Game of Thrones ass. Yeah. His obituary. His obituary said that he died on Sunday at one o'clock determined to not watch the Super Bowl. 
Oh, man. Whew. Salty. You die on purpose, you salty. <laughs> Bro, just change the channel. <laughs> Watch something else, man. Why, why so serious? Why? why where, where, yeah, where, where's Heath Ledger when you need him? Why, why so serious? Why so serious? Why so serious? Again, I'm not sure that's Peter Shrinklet. That that's pretty. That's pretty gutsy. That's pretty close. You know, maybe. But anywho, dude, he he that that <clears throat> dude. He just needed to let. He did let it go. He let it all but go, bro. He let it all go. I'm afraid. He, I'm afraid. Once you're dead, you can't shake it off. That's done, dude. That's done, son. Done, son. That's done. You, you're done, son. Once you're dead, bro, you're dead. <laughs> he, he let it all go. <laughs> I mean, he, yes, he did. I mean. Bro. That dude was able to break free of this world and just go. <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm just not sure if that dude could uh, turn back time if he would ever oh do God. that again. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You thought you would make it through the whole podcast without all those songs coming? Sorry. No. I look. I've done this long enough with you assholes. I know better. <laughs> I mean, I mean, shit. At this point, it's just time to just shake it off. It truly is. Or maybe just let it go. I don't know. You already used it. Maybe I'll just need to run away. Oh, no. <laughs> How? How did you get this song out of that? Killing me, dude. Look. Because this is why. Oh, come on. You're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe, Randy. You're never safe. <laughs> to hell with this song. <laughs> Where's Homer Simpson? To hell with this. Don't. All right. It, it, bad joke for you. All right. An old woman is riding in, in an elevator in a very lavish New York City building. When a young and beautiful woman gets into the elevator smelling of expensive perfume, she turns to the old woman and says arrogantly, Romance by Ralph Lauren, $150 an ounce. Then another young and beautiful woman gets on the elevator and also very arrogantly turns to the old woman, saying, Chanel number five, $200 an ounce. <laughs> about three floors later, the old woman has reached her destination and is about to get off the elevator. Before she leaves... She looks both beautiful women in the eye, bends over, farts, and says, Broccoli, 49 cents a pound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
know, it sounds like something DSAT would do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, you can't say cunt in Canada. Saying cunt's not very nice at all. No, you can't say cunt in Canada. So I asked the Sheilas what they called it. Uh, and they so said muff mut means quimp what little flower twinkle tunnel of love. No, you can't say cunt in Canada. Unless you say it with a velvet tongue. Yes, Shannon. So what you're trying to say is she let it go. <laughs> she, she let it... She didn't technically let me poop, but no. she let it go. Yes. Yes. By by far. By far. What am I going to do with you, Shannon? She couldn't hold it back anymore, you know? Nope. Couldn't. Couldn't. Damn it, MacGuffin. <laughs> Just saying, man. I mean, we've all been there. In the elevator, you couldn't hold it in anymore. Nope. Nope. You had to let that shit go. Explains why the only you're the only one standing when the elevator reaches its destination. Nope. There you go. Got the bomb, baby. That's the that's the song I wanted. Somebody dropping bombs, dude. You know. Hey, look, and I meant to play this earlier, Lindy. This one's for you. And all the other annoying, irritating, aggravating Boston sports fans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, enjoy it, dude. Enjoy it. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but enjoy it. And uh, I totally would rock a Brady jersey. I, I really would. I don't know that I'm going to buy one, but if, whenever it comes into my possession, I'll wear it proudly. <laughs> I don't know why I'm playing this for Todd, but why not? We've done all other kinds of randomness. I I think maybe this reverts back to the Belichick McVeigh reach around. At least somebody got finished off. Look at the bright side. Okay, we're getting stupid. It means it's time to go. (laughs) We were stupid hours ago. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, th- 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 that's a that's a true story. That's a very very true story. Okay, all right. Look, man, uh, <laughs> I I enjoyed the Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> wasn't sexy, wasn't bananas, you know. But I, I think it was still enjoyable. Maybe not for everybody. Uh, certainly, maybe not for people that don't like the Patriots. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but I think, you know, if you love football, you have to appreciate the level of planning and strategy and tactics and execution that went into what made that game what it was. Uh, again, there were slices of opportunities for both teams. They made it very difficult on each other to have offensive success. Uh, but clearly, the veteran coach, the veteran quarterback, the veteran team... Uh, having dealt with the, the, the big bright lights and the big moments, they delivered. So I'll, I'll be curious for the Rams, what do they look like next year? Is this the proverbial, you know, you take one step and you know, maybe you kick the door down uh, the next season? Uh, we'll see how, how Goff and McVay progress, both as a coach, as a quarterback, and then as a, a coach-quarterback combo. Uh, but they're, they've they got some work to do with that roster. Certainly a lot of talent in, in certain positions. Plenty of upside. 
but the division might be a little bit feistier next year, maybe. So uh, they're gonna have to slug their way through that. But you know, Super Bowls are a rare. Well, unless you're a Patriots fan, Super Bowls are a rare treat. We'll see. You know, Goff's young enough, McVay's young enough. You'd like to think that they're that they have a lot of future in front of them, but plenty of other players and teams have made that same mistake. It's not what you did last year; it's what you do next year. It's not what you did before; it's what you do next. Yeah. And when Offense they figure automatic, right? And when they when they un- really understand that lesson, they'll be better off uh, because that's whether you hate them or not. That's what the Patriots do. Last year was last year. Next year is next year. The proverbial on to Cincinnati, right? Uh, that That's just what that is. So to me, you know, I respect them. I think having great teams that a lot of people hate is good. Uh, in an age of parity because of the salary cap, because of the way the league is structured, because of the way the draft is, because of the way scheduling is done, you can you know, poke holes at the AFC East if you want. Uh, but their playoff performance tells you otherwise. If it was just a, a team from a weak conference, they wouldn't do anything. They've done a lot. You know, if you prefer Montana, you prefer Montana. I, I won't argue against you if you think Montana is the guy. But there's no way you can look at, you know, the GOAT uh, from an NFL standpoint and not factor Brady in the discussion. Too accomplished. Too accomplished. discussion. Too accomplished, just, you know, whether it's stats, whether it's rings, whether it's Super Bowl appearances. I mean, just at some point, it's it's just, it's it's not only achievement, it's not only winning, it's it's volume. And it, it starts it, with Brady. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, and that's okay. I mean, you know, what they've done, if you love football, if you love football then I think you have to put in context what they've accomplished and understand the significance of it. And I think it's reasonable to, when they're gone, whenever it actually happens, five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years, now we're going to look back and you're going to be like, holy crap. What they did is incredible. Because it is, it was, and it will be. One one line I love uh, from Gino Ariema. Uh, Sports is a history of dynasties. Dynasties give people someone to rally around, and dynasties give people something to rally against. People want to see greatness. And gentlemen, we've seen greatness. They may not be your team. You may not be a fan of. But that is greatness. The Celtics with Russell, greatness. Multiple iterations of the Yankees, greatness. The 49ers in the 80s, greatness. The triplets in Dallas, greatness. The Patriots under Belichick and Brady, greatness. Appreciate it. And if you're a Steelers fan, man, have y'all wasted a lot of damn opportunities. I I kid, but there are times in the midst of teams like the Patriots and some of these other, you know, well-accomplished teams, there's always, there's always other teams that are close or that just miss out. 
and that's where the, that's the proverbial missing rings and no one personifies that better than that Jim Kelly Jim Kelly era bills mm. um as far as missing rings and you know there's always two sides to that there's the teams that get it done and the teams that come oh so close uh, but again that's why we love sports that's why we love sports so kudos to them enjoy it lindy i don't know when your ride's going to end it will but I don't think it's this year. Well, let me rephrase that. I don't think it's next year, but it's coming. So enjoy. Enjoy what's next. Sooner than later. It will be. But enjoy it. Because I think in totality, when it is done, and when we have separation from, when we look back. Will it be before Pat uh, McAfee becomes WWE no. champion? No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I love I love the fact that he's he's doing stuff with the WWE. That's hilarious. Um, I would imagine, I'm sure Max Kellerman will continue to write the obit for Brady and the Patriots, and I hope that the Patriots continue to troll him. Please, please do. I think that's great. Um, and Gronk, dear Gronk, you know I love you, dude. Um, try not to get hit in the face with footballs or beer cans. Can we avoid that? Okay. I'm <laughs> just saying. Um, oh, R.I.P. to Frank Robinson. R- I don't. Yeah. I may have fallen asleep at some point, but no, we had R.I.P. to yet. that R- guy. Uh, absolutely, all timer, all timer, all timer, all timer, without question, bar none. Super significant, super significant in, in in baseball history. Raise a glass, brother. Yes. Raise a glass. Oh, and you know what? If you're going to tease SpongeBob, assholes, can you give us SpongeBob? It's the thrill Seriously. <laughs> Do it right. Side note, I love the fact that somebody took Maroon 5's performance and actually spliced this on top of it. <laughs> It may have actually been a better Super Bowl halftime than straight up Maroon 5. I actually like Maroon 5, but it may have been a better halftime. Here you go. I feel like that could almost have been in the Transformers movie. It's, it's just a yeah, hop, skip, maybe. and a jump. It's a hop, skip, and a jump right. from that one. But anyway, all right, gentlemen, let's get the hell out of here. We hit 3 a.m. Kudos to us. Unbelievable. Yet again, we did that. All right, gents. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Tom Brady's telling Father Tom just to take the L. I guess we're going to need to take, like, <laughs> you know, tell... Uh, the amount of hours we get for sleeping. Take the C. Yeah. Caffeine. Take the C. Caffeine, for sure. All right, gents. Go get some rest. It was fun. It's great to catch up, see you guys. Uh, hopefully, we had a good time. And we'll, hopefully, none of us get nominated for the Peter Shrinklage Award tomorrow. As we, <laughs> Hell as, no. As we navigate through the work day. We probably won't. We're champs. We're pros, man. We'll be good. Anyway, all right. As always, a pleasure. We rise to the occasion. 
<laughs> and with you that, idiot. good night, folks. And all that. <laughs> I could not fit one more thing inside of me. <laughs> sure, just not one more. <laughs> What can I say except you're welcome for the... Anyway, all right, gentlemen. On that note, we'll catch you on the flip side. As always, we're at the Sports Freaking Finals on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Live, Sportscaster.com, and, of course, our home feed on Podbean. Keywords are sports and brew. Look us up, listen, and if you can make it through a whole podcast, we hope you can. Maybe not in one sitting. That's okay. Uh, tell somebody, share share the crap, man. Please do, please do. We like to spread the wealth, share the wealth, share the laughs, man. Anyway, from all of us, all of you, catching the flip side. Good night now. Let's see ya. <laughs>